You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contacts code names are Luke. Thank God I don't have my own black light. And thank God I'm not like OCD about that kind of stuff because there is no hotel room that you could you could stay in without being completely freaked out. Matt. Uh, this is something that LaDuff mentions frequently in, in his coverage is that the media in some ways creates the circus because people want to perform for the camera that's there. My Fuck these people. God damn it. This is what I'm saying. Sick of these fucks. The whole fucking Trump impeachment thing was a waste of our time. It was already done. He was already gone. Let's move on with helping people. I hate these people. And Scott. Pulling your dick out in front of what would become, you know, Detroit Institute of Bagels or something is like a thing. Yes, you are now cleared for communication with your favorite insiders. That's right. We are Washington insiders, all four of us. Myself, <laughs> Scott, Luke, and Matt. Nobody knows the inside of Washington like us. It's the Is It Safe podcast, and it's our latest edition. I lose track of the numbers. Uh, we don't really put numbers on our podcast. In fact, if you follow the show, you'll see that each title of a show usually has a line from the show. Last week, it was Matt who took the cake with the best Victoria's Secret commercial ever. So, well done, man. <laughs> you know, I am I am a Washington Township insider. I have several elders <laughs> in Macomb County and Washington Township, and you know, I know about that place well. Well, we missed uh, Scott last week. He was traversing the greater <sighs> mountainous range of the eastern mid-Atlantic. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. But anyways, he's back now. Welcome back, Scott. It's a pleasure to have you aboard, buddy. It's just a pleasure to be back. Thank you, gentlemen, for welcoming me home. You well rested? You feel like you're gonna tackle the rest of this year? Uh, if I rested any more, man, I'd I'd fall asleep. <laughs> uh, where were you? Where exactly were you? Uh we went to we stopped off in Princeton, West Virginia, obviously, in southern uh, App, you know, Appalachian, West Virginia. Uh before we went to our hipster cabin, which I think I showed you guys a picture of, just you know, just the coolest little mini house cabin thing stayed there for a night and then went to uh smoky mountain national park for a couple of days stayed in oh, airbnb and nice. yeah soaked nice. in a jacuzzi and then once in nashville mm-hmm. on a win for a couple days Nashville's <laughs> jacuzzi i don't like that part but i know it do but i don't know just the jacuzzi outside it's Jacuzzis are like just that scummy thing that I just love. It's dirty. It's Jersey Shorey, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. And, and have you ever been to the? <laughs> there's a place in Ann Arbor called the Oasis, which is oh just, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't believe it exists, but it really does exist. It's <laughs> like twenty hot tub, private hot tubs that you can rent out privately. Who knows what the fuck's going on? Now, in there. See, people yeah. coming in. Oh, it's totally real, Luke. It is. You, you yeah. can share on, a UTI gotta... with uh, oh. twenty of your closest <laughs> friends. This yes. is not right. I mean, Matt, being, you know, a Michigan guy and Mike and, you know, all of us really, is that how that's like how it was regarded, right? Is just was it always kind of seedy? It was always looked at as just, of course, like a seed because I never heard of it until, you know, I began my uh, post high school life at Eastern. I was an Eagle for a couple of years. And like a friend invited me to Oasis and I had no idea what it was. And then I got there and I'm like, this is hot and sleazy and dirty. 
Yes, that's exactly it what looks, it is. I, it looks clean yeah. and gorgeous and beautiful on the website. But when you're when you're turning it, you know, when you're when you're doing, <laughs> when you're doing volume, like that's when it becomes a problem. <laughs> yeah, don't be fooled by the uh, by the internet there, Luke. The internet, dude. The, Not a good idea. the idea that like anybody rents out a anybody books or rents out a hotel room it kind of blows me away sometimes. You know, just knowing that. Thank God I don't have my own black light. And thank God I'm not like OCD about that kind of stuff because there is no hotel room that you could you could stay in without being completely freaked out. I don't care the quality of the hotel. They're all disgusting. They're, they're all disgu- disgusting. And, and fine, whatever. You go you go to sleep, you shower in the morning to get rid of that fucking just whatever the bed sheets are. Just get rid of that. Get the hell out of there. The the hot tub rental situation. I mean, that is like renting time. a bathtub in somebody's, uh, in like your neighbor's house. I'm just going to go, I'm going to lay in your bathtub happened, for a while. And I, I have no idea why I regard Airbnb hot tubs any cleaner, more believable than a hot tub at a hotel. I mean, I just want to believe you kind of feel like yeah. you know these oh, people. Denial is them. They tell well, they tell you, you know, hot tub is drained after every use and clean. And it's like, okay, I just I know you have to say that and I yeah. have to believe you to drain in that thing <laughs> and cleaning it, it and then it, it, looked, it. it looked clean. It had a ton of chemicals in it, which is the only time I really want to, you know, a ton of chemicals around me. You just you want it to smell clean. If it smells like chlorine, you're all right. It did, yeah. It's that guy in the Matrix who's eating the steak. He's like, I know this isn't real, but it tastes pretty yes. fucking good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is the Matrix mentality. That is right. That is, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, black pill, blue pill, red pill? Which one is it? I forget. It's red and then it's blue. It's red and blue. Those are going to go right in the green mold here? But I, I feel like, uh, I feel like yeah. a lot of people... Like, oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of people uh, run into some issues there. Like people just show up, or and like people might walk into certain people's hot. T- oh, wrong room! Who knows what you're gonna walk in to when you walk into someone's hot tube private area? I think I think this needs to be our first live broadcast. Is it's either gonna be the Schwitz or it's gonna be uh, <laughs> Oasis in Ann Arbor? You know? Yeah, <laughs> we're here live at Oasis with ninety three nine sponsoring. I think uh, for real, this yeah. is is this the is this live? Who the fuck is this asshole? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Glenn, Green- Glenn Greenwald, an article that uh, yeah. I saw on Twitter recently. I circulated it amongst our crew here, and Glenn has some interesting things to say, saying that... Glenn's always got something to say, doesn't he? Glenn has opinions. He's no <laughs> doubt, he's not afraid to express them. He believes very much in the right to express you know, your freedom of speech and all that jazz. Anyways, uh, he's saying that the media has been culpable in permeating some hoaxes and exaggerations about what happened with the so-called Capitol riot back on January 6th. And I thought it was somewhat interesting because I believe if you're listening to your government and like siding with them, odds are you're being lied to. That's just a general rule of thumb I've always had in my life since I've lived in this world. So uh, I'm not some grand green walled hardcore, like, you know, diehard who subscribes to his blog and all this shit. I just, 
thought it was a different opinion, and I was curious what everybody you, thought. You refused to eat your eat your vegetables when you were a child because it was a conspiracy. I totally get it. The same thing. <laughs> it's obvious, yeah, that food yeah, right? that food pyramid is the greatest hoax uh, perpetrated <laughs> out of the American people by the federal yeah. government ever. <laughs> yeah, and fuck Maslow. Fuck Maslow. <laughs> well, to I start, think Maslow's dated now. To start where you, exactly, which is why you were right. To start, Mike, where you began, like, when is the media not culpable to a degree for some of this stuff? I mean, that's the question, right? Like, to what degree? It's almost like we're not even arguing degree here. It's just like they are culpable. I, I think that's almost like objectively. Mm-hmm. Subjective, isn't it? <laughs> I, don't know. I think a, a mutual friend of. A mutual friend of some of ours is a photographer uh, who occasionally gets an assignment from a national outlet to cover something happening in Detroit or Lansing or Flint or whatever. So, you know, he's been he was at the uh, whatever, the Unlock Michigan rally up in Lansing. And he was at uh, uh, TCF Center where they were counting the votes. And, you know, there was the, the Trumpers outside chanting and congregating and whatever harassing people but i was talking to him about it and one of the things that uh, and this is a, a part of, uh, this is something that laduff mentions frequently in, in his coverage is that the media in some ways creates the circus because people want to perform for the camera that's there so like when our friend was at the at tcf center it's like yeah you know it's a small group of people out front and they were certainly you know uh, energized and something, but as soon as he turned a camera on them, they start performing for it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think Laduff makes this point when he was in Ferguson about how a lot of the uh, to use the word Mikey is the so-called rioting of Ferguson was, uh, you know, the the media was showing up waiting for somebody to perform in front of them. Um, but I do want to take issue with something Greenwald does because I get the sense that Greenwald is dismissing. So actually just to summarize the article, right? So Greenwald says, you know, a group, he he says a a mob did in fact storm the Capitol, which I think we can all agree. So I, I I do, I I will call it a riot. It was a riot. I mean, these people forced their way into the Capitol when they had no, they had no right to be there and did so with violence and for physical force. But Greenwald's point is, the media immediately said, oh, well, the media. And then this, this is what Greenwald does. You know, you, 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 I, I sort of joked in the text thread, capital T, the capital M media, as if it's mm-hmm. like one thing. But it really is. It's certain outlets that are uh, that uh, I think one the, the big offender in his in his mind is The New York Times. Right. Um, says they, uh, you know, the stories start perpetuating a narrative that, you know, this officer, Brian, his last name, I forget. Sicknick. Sicknick. Sicknick uh, was like basically bludgeoned to death with a uh, fire extinguisher. Uh, fire extinguisher, which uh, I guess Greenwald's point is maybe he was hit with a fire extinguisher, maybe he wasn't. There's just no verifiable evidence of that, and you know he died later of injury. There was also yeah, it was not only was it not verified, but it was <clears throat> it was verified that he didn't seem did not suffer any kind of physical trauma. Well, there, that and he, he died from well, the black information about this. Or? It hasn't been released yet. Okay. But, uh, so yeah, there is, yeah, there is an official medical medical report that has not been released to the public. So there is still some of that that is uh, cloudy. 
But I guess my problem. And I feel like you're leading into exactly what my problem with Greenwald can be, too. So go ahead. Yeah. Well, so then the other example he gives is the guy with zip ties. And he's like, but the guy with zip ties says he just found him on the ground in the Capitol. So we should believe the guy with zip ties. (laughs) Uh, No, but but he does what Greenwald does do really, really fucking well is he takes it one extra step and he reports that it's the prosecutors of those guys that are admitting that yes these were zip ties that were found in the capital and they were grabbed uh by these you know protesters so that they weren't to be used on them so the prosecutors would have every incentive to not admit that if the case was the opposite so he does do a good job of at least like pushing something as far as he can uh in terms of reportage uh getting to like the most amount of details but that there is there is some amount of uh kind of inflammatory i guess uh it's like inflammatory inflammatory plausible deniability or something like (laughs) something like that (laughs) like but but what he's what he's getting at is like none none of the details were were verified none of the details were verifiable even at the time then early on when it just happens and his his target isn't typically just something like the new york times but he he talks a lot about just institutions of power so it's not just something like the times but it's like any type of media that reaches a massive massive audience you know millions and millions and millions of people i don't think he would take as much of an issue like certainly he would take a principled uh, position against any type of small rag that was trying to report some bullshit you know about the you know about the protest but he also his target is almost always yes so it's, it includes the times but it's basically any media outlet that has such a massive reach that they can actually uh spread they can spread disinformation so quickly and then his secondary target or maybe it's his primary i don't know are the people that like immediately jump on that piggyback right. off those stories and then just uh just uh what is the word <laughs> proliferate i mean they just they spread those they spread those stories uh through twitter and whatnot and yeah, there is the, but we also know that like the the news media now is is so subject to things like uh you know click traffic and all like this is we are in such a weird territory where you know news is kind of inherently bullshit because they are looking for they're looking for clicks when you're doing that things have to be clickbait there is no way around it you have to do that in order to in order to be a reporter that keeps his job you need to get a lot of clicks well so i mean these people are just doing that stuff and they're you know the the, maybe the stories can't be fully verified but they're doing it anyways. And and that's what he's getting at. And one thing I do appreciate about him as much as I was annoyed at him, I think during the Obama years when I was still more or less kind of like uh, in this confined, you know, neolib territory where what was real is what's possible. And there was no additional, there were no additional demands that we should have. Uh, he was constantly railing against the Obama administration. And I remember feeling a little bit uh, annoyed by his journalistic purity. 
But now reading through so many of his articles, I'm like, you know what? This is it's so important to like keep that going. I mean, he's been probably one of the most consistent journalists out there. He does not take shit. I do appreciate that. No I, doubt. I can't say I follow him well enough to know. Um, he just sort of pops onto my radar here and there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He does. Well, he does. Yeah. He, he grabs headlines on his own. He grabbed I mean, a lot of legitimacy with me by being a part of the Edward Snowden Absolutely. Thing. That was incredible amount. That was a historic moment in the history of journalism and this country. And he was a part of that. So that yeah, shit. Me didn't, even he, mention, <laughs> didn't even mention Snowden. <laughs> right. <Sorry. laughs> I mean, that's that's the... That's the foundation of what I think he wants to be doing. And he's a human being, so if he throws in some of his opinions here and there, that's going to make people turned off, or they're going to be like, I don't like that, or I think he goes too far, and that's fine. But at the heart of what he tries to do, I believe this is a true journalist, similar to LaDuff, I really do. I think they both Mm -hmm. have similarities in the fact that they want to give you the straight dope, try to keep it you know, in the middle as much as they can. Even LaDuff maybe does a better job of that than what Greenwald may do. I'll concede to that. But in the end, I respect people who give us true, straight dope that we that mm-hmm. we should have. Mm-hmm. No Here's bullshit, the- no filters. And looking at it from multiple sides and being willing yes. and able to roll up your sleeves and look at it from different sides because, you know, to the point, of media today it's it's just a widget it's like it's got to be packaged it's got to be like to luke's point you it it has to the point is to hammer it into its like quote-unquote purest form to feed so you know exactly who you're feeding it to and it's just like it has to be more this or it has to be more that we have to skew in these in this direction so that almost it's easier to identify your audience. I mean, that's what's happening with everything. Everything's mm-hmm. becoming, you know, I was writing a few months ago. I don't know if I mentioned this. I was writing articles about AI and shit topics way over my head, but I was writing from the angle of, you know, uh, packaging something is the argument is it's like optimization. Like we're just trying to optimize your experience. I don't know how many times I had to write optimization and shit. That's just like, mm-hmm. that's the point. We were tricked into believing like, okay, this is your optimal medium media source, or these are your optimum seven or 10 media sources. So this is all you need. So this mm-hmm. is a great segue to, to the idea of, or the, the, the topic of subscriptions and, and where you get news. Sure, sure. Because at some point, you know, I think all all of us on this on this uh, on this pod are seekers. You know, we're looking for information. We're searching different sources of information. Uh, some of it's free, some of it's not. I mean, we were talking about how to you know how to beat the paywall for something. You know, on uh, I forget what it. we're looking at. San Francisco Chronicle was that. It's like oh, we yeah. don't live in San Francisco. We're not going to fucking subscribe. Fuck you, San Francisco Chronicle, for having a <laughs> fucking paywall. Like you can know my, you can see that my IP address is not anywhere near San Francisco. Just give me the article for free. I have to go through Great all job. this bullshit to figure it out. And, and you're the most expensive it out. city in the country. Fuck you, San. Francisco. For yeah, for any for any listener uh, to this pod, here's how you do it. You click on the you click on the ad, or you click on the story while it's loading up. You immediately hit. Control A, Control C. That can selects all, copies all the content before that stupid fucking pop up paywall shows up. Then you, then you can Docs. get it for free. Yep, and then yeah, throw yeah, it into a yeah, Google Doc. Yeah, so easy. That's sorry, like, Matt. I, I did not mean to uh, derail this, but uh, that, that no. just reminded me how annoying that was. But okay, so 
on the on the other side of it, you know, like I have uh, I subscribe digitally. Uh, I got rid of the paper one because it was just too much money. But the Detroit News and the Detroit Free Press, because I also want there to be investigative journalism in the city of Detroit. And if no one's paying for that, you know, Facebook and uh, and Google have stolen the ad revenue from these local publications. So they have to they have to be a subscription based model now. Um, and what do you do? So how many subscriptions can one person sustain? And if you don't want to be, um, you know, have the New York times worldview, uh, where the only thing you're saying, only your viewpoint is, is just regurgitating what you read in the New York times, which I don't think is a good reflection of, I mean, I, I I read the New York times, whatever, but I definitely recognize that you can read it, but not be exclusive. Right. So you gotta, you, but so, okay. So then you got to follow the green walls of the world or, you know, the ones I follow on Substack. uh, you know, everybody's on Substack. individual authors or writers have decoupled Mm -hmm. from publications and they're selling their own subscription Mm -hmm. through Substack. And, you know, they're, most of them are kind of in the $5 a month range. So you're talking 60 bucks a year. How many sixty dollar a year subscriptions to individual writers can I sustain and afford? Four. Well, that, that's yeah, what I was. Right. That's what I was going to ask you on on Substack. I, it's the same. So the way I don't know, Substack is is still like in pretty early on uh, concoction here. You know, digital digital concoction, and I thought it was fifty dollars. So it said like subscribe for the year fifty bucks, but I was like, is this only for Greenwald stuff, or yes. is that for everything on Substack? It's just for oh, oh, one shit, author. I got you, good, you so that's not. Yeah, that's fucked up. There's no way. There is no fucking way. I mean, come did on. Did you guys? Uh, did anybody hear Ladust show a couple weeks ago about the Beaumont situation, Royal Oak Beaumont Hospital? No. I did not. Fuck but it. did he interview the reporter, the guy who's at Deadline Detroit? Yeah, the guy. He lives in California, which is <laughs> now. Right, but right. I believe, yeah, he's the deadline guy. And you know, Beaumont. Somebody fucking died from a goddamn colonoscopy a couple weeks ago at Royal Oak Beaumont. Right, should never. Jesus happen. Christ! I was just about to book one there. Not don't, kidding. Really? I need. To, I'm forty. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't I'm 40. worry. Don't. It's time. No. I need to. Oh, no, 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 you know, no, no, I need no, to no, do no. the whole thing. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I'm getting my colonoscopy next month, March 12th. But it's Ooh, at University of Michigan. Of all course. right. It's actually pretty cool. There you go. Yeah, go just and make sure I you only sure. go to U of M. <laughs> yes, seriously. Somebody, I, ah, how did someone look, die from the colonoscopy? That's there's a whole. That's the whole story. Is the fucking scumbags are trying to cut corners there and make money. And there's also a merger happening. If this merger goes through, there's going to be huge twenty million dollar bonuses to the CEO, the guy running it. I can't remember his name. Who runs Beaumont? It's supposed to be a nonprofit too, which is a whole other fucking thing. Right. But they've his, they've his slashed name is the Jeeves money bags. Yes, they've slashed the anesthesiology department by 50% over recent times. So now there's all these temps and people don't know what they're doing. And this is a very, very important aspect of. uh, Yes, it's insanely important. Also, like they will ask you, like, have you had any drinks this week? Like that is that is so detailed. It is like. (laughs) Right. The the guy was unhealthy. The point being, though, is fair balance. He was. But the point being is that if you're. Sure, People do die from routine shit every once in a while, so there there is that. This is not, but this is not the case though with an anesthesiologist. Like a, a real, like yeah. like a, we have a buddy who's an anesthesiologist, and there is no fucking way I think he would allow yeah, any of the shit happen. Last week, 
He's like, yeah, yeah. It's a fucking joke over there. Shout man. out, shout out to Joel, man. He's uh, he's a good dude. Sure, he doesn't listen to this, but I wish he did. Uh, maybe he should. Maybe we'll, for- should. we'll force him to listen to it. We'll say he got a shout out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's fucking crazy. So, but that's the point of like local. Us. What you're talking about. My point being local journalism and needing access to that and not having it filtered through bullshit local papers that are totally dead and useless now because they're just trying to sustain some model that's already outdated. And we need access to these people who can just give us direct stories. And what we know so far, he kind of blew up this deal too. So that's like, I love that type of shit. That is true monk raking at its finest. And that's one of the most, it gives me a lot of pride, even though I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. but uh, I think the the newspaper has a lot of value beyond just like, you know, you. I, I also want to read sports. You know what I mean? Even though this sports sections, Bernie Smallman, <laughs> uh, yeah, <right. laughs> the, the, the sports sections suck in both both daily papers. But uh, yeah, is there still one? <laughs> I yeah. not remember the last time I looked at a sports section in local paper. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I, I, I was reading. There was an interview with John Beeline that. Uh, you know, I love John Beeline. Even what a fuck up, Beeline. Boy, never yeah, seen that actually, that's, kind of that's, that's old school right there. Oh, my God. He's still doing I love Beeline, He's been around Beeline, for like, he been around for like 20 guy. years. Everybody 30 years. Him. He, uh, so he, he got interviewed by, I don't know, I, I can't even remember who the author was, but it was a Detroit News story, and I was like, I was reading the interview. I wanted to hear what Beeline had to say, what he's up to. And I texted it to my dad. He's like, I can't get it. I'm not a subscriber. But <laughs> oh, I had to do the Luke trick. And, uh, yeah, control A. Yeah, te- and, teach your dad yeah. how to do that. Uh, it's control A, then control C. Super fast. <laughs> Can yeah, I hold down luck. control and hit A, then C? Oh, God. Does he even know? He won't even know what control is. It's going to be. No, he's on a phone. It's a nightmare. You know, he's, he's oh, it's, oh, if it's on a phone, yeah, I guess you're fucked. There's no way. That reminds but, me of a. I watched the fastest or a million ways to die in the West the other day. So. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that's not going to get any conversation. I haven't seen that movie in 10 years. So I wonder. Well, it only came out. It six wasn't years bad ago, though. So that's not possible. Dude. Wait, six years ago? Yes, twenty fourteen. Hold on, no way. I'm I'm curious. Okay, are you going to challenge me on this? Well, no, I'm not. Think- ch- I'm not challenging you. I don't challenge you on dates, numbers, or anyways. It was just a side sort. note because they're you know they're drawing guns, but they make fun of it. You got to be the fastest control A in the West now. Dude. That's <laughs> oh, is that Seth MacFarlane? Or- it is. Okay, it's yep. weird. It's weird. 2014. To see him act. It's weird to see him act without a cartoon on the screen. It's very strange. I can't get yeah, because he he doesn't have he doesn't have the like dynamic. He's the one of the funniest people ever, but he yeah. just doesn't have that like weird. There is a stage presence thing that it just he just does not quite have that. But um, yeah. yeah, no, he's hey, look, he by the great. way. Speaking of you being forty him. and getting a colonoscopy or whatever, thanks. Uh, are, did you get glasses when you did you turn forty and just get glasses or something? Or <laughs> my, my, are your eyes fucking blown out too? Like, uh, what else is happening? Man. I got a knee brace on. Uh, oh, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a walker next to me with tennis balls on the. Do, do you seriously wear glasses? Because I don't think I've ever seen you wear glasses. I, I do wear glasses. Yeah, yeah. Really? yeah I've just real. I've realized that I've not worn them long enough. Where all of a sudden shit's starting to get blurry on the screen. So. Didn't you I, uh, wear them before in previous? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to generally wear them for anything that is, you know, uh, near, near, uh, whatever. I, I, I'm nearsighted. Far, I'm farsighted. I can see. I can see a softball flying through the air, but I can't read 
fucking dude you should get a real highbrow kind of like pretentious circle lenses kind of thing i think you could like i can't pull off anything i've got no style no i don't got no style matt right now matt and you are the only two that have like this hipster style you can just pull off weird horn rim glasses scarves matt's wearing a fucking scarf right now i mean we're not because i'm in a freezing cold basement (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's not wrapped around your neck but it's not wrapped around your neck you're wearing a turtle dick (laughs) (laughs) the scarf at this point the scarf at this point is looking a little uh it's an affectation yeah yeah you're doing business man. gratuitous it's a it's slightly gratuitous it's gratuitous scarf yeah you got to be who you are man this is what we do but i like it what is it is it minnesota it looks like it's a minnesota Uh, this is the soccer team of detroit city yeah yeah That oh like yeah! One of the, of all the Detroit soccer, soccer team is about. one of the most hipster things I could ever imagine. I know. Yeah, you know what? They're pretty fun though. I, I don't. I don't like soccer. Oh, no, it not doesn't mean they're not fun. Yeah, I just like uh, hooliganism. I like fucking getting together, getting wasted, bashing shit, this, breaking cars. I knew this girl uh, when know, I lived in Ferndale, and she was like, "Oh, we gotta go! I'm a diehard fan." This is back in like twenty diehard fan twenty twelve. Yes, she was obsessed with it, and I'm like, that "I'm so glad you're not with her." Was it was the game at Cast Tech or were they at uh, in Hamtramck at that point? This was, I think, those were whatever it was back then. It was a different field. I think they're more popular now. And they is it better at Hamtramck? Is it or was that the oh, shit time? So this is a total digression. But they, <laughs> the the Hamtramck Stadium is a fucking cool venue, man. It's a yeah. works progress administration uh, built. I fucking FDR was there to dedicate the thing. What? And yeah, it's a and, WPA stadium. Yeah, and one of the, one of the early projects crazy. in Michigan, and it's a fucking cool stadium, man. Ni- Is it wheelchair accessible? Probably not. <laughs> uh, Probably it, not. It is wheelchair accessible, if I remember correctly. Up the, I think it would have the middle. If it's up middle. to code, if it's up to code, it has. Yeah. To be. I actually, there's I literally no way to have a public yeah. <laughs> a public building anymore without it. It has to have that. Not, yeah. Also, it's, it's it doesn't matter. Accessible, so. Yeah. Oh, I get the I get the FDR joke. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> Jesus. Oh my I'm God. Is it safe? <gasps> wait. Wait. FDR. <laughs> he projected. No, FDR wouldn't strength. have done shit. FDR would never be known for anything if it wasn't for the fucking labor leaders that made him fucking do all the things he had to do. And that's an Hell important yes. fact. Goddamn right. Uh, well, uh, you know, WPA. Or he could have just gone along with the party and just you know, done nothing. Exactly. That's what the that would have been cool too. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it's so it's really cool. Hamtramck's uh, this is the newer place. They started at Cast Tech and now they play at Hamtramck. <laughs> Key yeah, I mean, stadium, yeah. It's in the middle of the neighborhood. I mean, well, there's like a railroad track on one side, and then it's like Hamtramck neighborhood right next to it. It's it's one of the coolest uh, sporting venues probably in in Michigan. It's free. Yeah, There's awesome. a definitely a loose, a loose vibe. There's a people are free to kind of fly their freak flag and let it hang out a little bit. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I went like to a Raiders a, game. I went to a bunch of games there. <laughs> Our, the uh, the brewery I worked for was one of their like big sponsors. So I went to a ton of DCFC games and I don't like soccer, but it was pretty enjoyable. Just the environment to be there. I so. have fun. I have fun like going to we used to go to places in, in Brooklyn all the time that were soccer bars, they would, because they're like starting, they're like starting to drink at like eight in the morning. Cause these games are yeah. overseas. That's a hell of a fucking day. That is a, f- 
fucking blast. You show up, it's basically St. Patrick's Day every time. Every you Saturday get in the fall. Not that right I love I, I hate St. Patrick's Day. It's like Friday times ten. It's fucking terrible, but super fun. Uh great Charlie environment. Fucked somebody up on St. Patrick's Day. I know. So, we're back welcome to, to Laduff. Yeah. Oh, I got a funny story about Laduff and that St. Patrick's Day event. Cause so he did you know, Laduff he got he got basically got drunk and yeah. I got into an altercation with somebody and then was wrestling with a uh, security guard who ended up being a off-duty cop and then he pissed in the street and got oops that's that's the biggest <laughs> that's the transgression there is pull, pulling your dick out in front of what would become you know Detroit Institute of Bagels or something is like yeah a thing <laughs> so so the next year I, the next year I lived, uh, I lived in Corktown, uh, at that time I lived on 11th street and Michigan. Well, church, just a box out the Michigan. So if there's Casey's bar is like right at the mm-hmm. end of that street and, uh, and the Corktown tavern. So oh, Corktown at, at some point, and this was, I don't know, 2011 or something. It was the year, it was the eve of the St. Patrick's day parade, the year after LaDuff got into his shit. And he does, he does like a, annual chili cook-off or something that benefits uh firefighters or uh so- something to do for firefighters yeah so I-, I met a buddy up at the bar just it was like a fucking tuesday night or wednesday night uh and st patrick's day parade was coming up that weekend and duff's cook-off was going to be there well LaDuff's in the bar with like two other people and LaDuff's, you know he's had a couple uh and <laughs> Me and my buddy are drinking beers, and and the Duff's a chatty guy. He comes right up and starts talking, and then he's like, "Hey man, let me get a dollar. I got. I want to play the jukebox. I got to play the Rolling Stones, man." <laughs> so he like he borrows money from me to play the jukebox, and then plays the jukebox. And he's he's chumming it up with me and my buddy, and he's like, "You heard about that shit last year?" He's like, "He's like, you think I do that kind of amateur shit?" He goes, "I ain't no amateur, man." I'm like you guys. I'm a professional. <laughs> so that that was my first ever. That was my first ever encounter with LaDuff. And since I've run into him probably like 15 times just on the street. Like most recently, I sent you guys a pic uh, in the text thread. But he was with Steve Neveling, who was the Motor City Muckraker. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever followed him, the Metro sure, Times, no. but yeah. They were they were conspiring about something. Yeah, yeah. They were conspiring about something and, and Laduff uh was like, Hey man, I was just over at the big hole in the ground Dan Gilbert's got downtown. You think they're ever gonna put a building there? I'll bet you a hundred dollars right now, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> never gonna go up. Uh, he's, uh, he's a character, man. He's out I, there, I, man. I, he's I he's he's yeah. omnipresent. I I saw him once. My old boss knows him because he lives right down the street from him. And my old boss's dog actually bit La- Charlie LaDuff in the chest. <laughs> like it just it just jumped up and lunged right at his heart or something. <laughs> and then I yeah I saw him. I met him through I met him through him. And then I saw him one time uh, a couple months ago, Matt. I think I was telling you where I was like vaguely following him through pleasant ridge after he he was outside of uh new york bagel just like i don't want to i don't want to like 
chastise the man for not wearing a mask but it was like you know new york bagel on a sunday there's like 15 people outside he's just on a phone like yeah on his cell phone like in front of all these people. some people just can't they just there's something in their dna they can't be masked they can't be not close yeah i'm not accusing uh charlie Liddell being loud anti-masker and no. i don't you know he's outside the man can talk on his fucking phone outside but yeah just his uh you know his presence is is uh felt he's an awesome dude and uh you know he'll talk to anybody as a person which is just a great quality he's never mm-hmm. too cool for anything mm-hmm. the guy won a fucking pulitzer prize no, you no, know. he's he's uh, he's legitimately amazing. But it, this is it's interesting territory that we kind of just accidentally went down because, yeah, I was thinking and been thinking a lot about uh, the stuff. Like I got I sent you guys the Dave Chappelle clip, um, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure I wanted to bring it up because I, you know, there's not like a ton of material there to actually talk about, but. Uh, there was an additional Glenn Greenwald clip as well. So they both kind of, they have a similar message. And one thing that, so let me just go over to Glenn Greenwald real quick, because again, like I said, I went through a rabbit hole after reading that first article, checked out a couple of others on a Substack, and pretty decent. But what's, what I, the, the Charlie the Duff uh, situation where he's not wearing a mask. Uh, and like Matt, you said, some people just like are kind of genetically, you know, that's not the thing. It, meaning that it's it's not an ideological thing. It is not a political statement. It has nothing to do with that. And when you when we think about that, uh, I've been thinking about that a lot because, you know, there's nothing but liberal fucking superiority in this conversation. There's so much of that, that it's even difficult for somebody to wrap their minds around the idea that, okay, you know, there are some people that you're never going to get to. They just, they're not going to do it. Whatever it is, it has nothing to do with their political leanings. They're just not going to do it. Uh, there are, there are free spirits like that. But when, uh, you know, thinking about thinking about this like whole uh this whole enterprise the the idea that there's just a, a superior like point of view is something i think that Laduff skewers constantly like listening to his podcast when I, I first i listened to it i was i still am not sure i agree with his politics i'm not exactly sure i even understand his politics but it doesn't <laughs> i think they're kind of all over the map but you know they're always in earnest I mean, Here's, he is if I could summarize, an honest person. I think his politics are, I don't want people being taken advantage of. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah. He doesn't want, he yeah. doesn't want, and, and that goes, you know, the good faith, their good faith or their, you know, their well, dollars. He has, too, he has too many like people that think they're good faith actors from the, you know, from the city or whatever that are friends of his on the pod. And that, to me is problematic that ties to like the Greenwald stuff, which is just like all this misleading content that comes out of, you know, the apparatus of manufacturing consents. Uh, it's all about access. It's who can get there at the right time, where, where reporters are supposed to be, what information they're allowed to have. Uh, and he has too many of those people, in my opinion, weighing in uh, is 
commentators and that doesn't really help because it doesn't really seem to really even mesh with his point of view, which is a little odd to me. But, you know, Greenwald was going on and on and on talking about the way people like talk down to talk down to just anybody else. It's all it's almost always liberals. I mean, there are definitely conservatives that feel like conservatives basically talk down to liberals because they think every liberal idea is a pie in the sky idea. Uh, but they're they're in lockstep. That block never changes. It's the liberal superiority, you know, against just anybody who's working class or blue collar or you know the the white working class. That classic, um, you know, uh, scare word or whatever. They these regular people just. <laughs> And I mean regular people. When I say regular people, I mean like people that we should be fuck. We should all be together and like fighting up and not dealing with, not dealing with, uh, you know, liberal superiority bullshit. And Greenwald talks about that. Charlie LaDuff talks about that. Dave Chappelle talks about that. And I think all these guys are, you know, that there is a common message that. I don't know. You could listen to Dave Chappelle and Don Lemon had a had a take on it, and he misses the point completely. Uh, you can listen to Charlotte Duff. You can miss that fucking point, but Charlotte Duff has a great point always, and he is always seemingly fighting for just people that are getting fucked over. And I think that's what Greenwald does. Greenwald is constantly fighting for people that are getting fucked over. So whatever, however their politics kind of shake out, it's like difficult because you want to have an opinion about that. But what they're doing inherently is a good thing. Well said, yeah, sir. Maybe we could stop putting so many fucking labels on things just to begin with. That would be uh-huh. that'd be nice, but <laughs> pretty fucking idealistic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know it's uh, bad joke, right? That was a good joke. Thank you. Well, yeah, you know, I, again, I, I don't have as high of opinion of Greenwald as you do, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to like. Not what I'm saying. I guess my point is, is I, I mostly am skeptical. I'm even I sometimes question his motives entirely. Doesn't mean I won't listen to what he has to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe I shouldn't be questioning his motives as much as I do, but sometimes I, I, I wonder with Greenwald, and maybe that's because I'm uh, perceiving him through what other people are saying about about him. You're an but, absorber of uh-oh. content, man. You do a good job with that. He, uh, yeah. he, he, uh, he appears on... It's like I listen to... I, you know, I try to listen to stuff that I don't agree with. I mean, I t- talked to Luke about this, like, whether yeah, it's basically- Chapel, Basically everything I listen to, uh, you call me out on it. Uh, totally <laughs> fine. Whether it's Chapo, which I, I do agree with. Actually, I really like that last episode of Chapo. I know we talked yeah, about it. Was it was great. It's Chapo or like uh, the fifth column, which these guys are like more libertarian. I still want to listen to them, though. I want to understand what they're about, you know? So yeah, they're, they're, they're good. At, they're good at like uh, pursuit of knowledge. They're good at hiding. Their, that That's the interesting thing about like the podcasting universe is that there's so little uh such little attention paid to like thoroughness and like like we said when we first started this like well further research needed because we are listening to opinions and so you do have to re- remind yourself that you're listening to opinions but yeah i mean when i'm something like fifth column is is great podcast but it's um, a union town we, man fuck them 
Libertarian, yeah, the libertarian ideology is completely fucking defunct. You guys ever been in a By union? Way, that's one of the dumbest songs you'll ever hear, Union Town. Never. That's what that song was. It's the dumbest song Tom Morello's ever written. I like oh, the sentiment. Tom, Mor Tom Morello? Oh. Yeah, it's Tom Morello. It's Whoa. called Union Town, and we used to make fun of it all the time because it was just so lame. I don't know. This is a Union Town. Union Town. It, it sounds like a Billy Bragg. Yeah, yeah. I was oh, going to yeah. say that. Definitely. Interesting. See, well, yeah. maybe that's what he was going for then. I don't know, but like here, this is Morello. You know, I hitchhiked from Chicago, this and a man walked up and is. said, This is a union town, a union town. Oh, no. All down the yeah. line, this yeah, is a union <laughs> town, a union town. All down the line. It's just not a very good song. I love Tom Morello. That is the and I worst thing I have. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard. That's why we made fun of it. It was it's fucking terrible. I don't understand. Why? How, how does that even get made? I don't. What the f because he's what the night watchman. On? Because this is the can't. night watchman. This isn't Tom Morello, but it's the night watchman. Uh, you guys, you guys oh, ever like, been uh, union like members? The night man? <laughs> I have. The night man? I've, yeah. yeah, night man. Day man. Oh. <laughs> oh. I have definitely uh, been a union member multiple times, yeah. Matt. I was a member of the grocer's union when I worked at Food Town in Heartland in 1995. Oh, that's funny. Wow. Holy shit. Where I made $4.25 an hour. They guaranteed $4.25 an hour. So, Ooh, solid I, I, I guarantee. Was, I was a member of that union as well, but I worked at at Myers at the time. So, which means oh, you got seven twenty five, well, we which was the no, I was like it was like minimum fifteen at the time. We're still but brothers, man. We were still brothers in the union, so don't worry. Were you automatically was, in the union? I worked at Myers. Yeah. Was I automatically in a union? Yeah, you were. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I guess if I you was. were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. I was also a member uh, of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers when I was a, working at the Television News. So that was cool. That's like a real really? union. Yeah, that's, that's a real union. The yeah, IBEW. They're yeah. uh, they they got uh, their headquarters over on uh, Porter Street in uh, in Corktown. There is that right next to uh, is that next to uh, the sandwich place? Yep, across the street. Yeah, right across the street. They really uh, looked after me. I mean, I was killing my brother in, in television news, man. Oh man, I was. But I thought you didn't like uh, media outlets. I know I'm fucking around. It was <laughs> couldn't have been more pointless of a membership, but technically, if you worked on the floor running the cameras, they had the contract for those specific jobs. Even though I did other jobs, so yeah, yeah. but you probably got a good guaranteed wage. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I mean, it was dog shit. It was dog shit. It wasn't great. Huh. So. You were you were starting out though. I, I feel yeah, like I was a loser as a production. You were basically, assistant. got an intern intern wages, which is. Complete. Yeah. This is complete fucking bullshit, though. I mean, you should have been paid more. I mean, you would have stayed in the profession. You would have stayed in the profession if uh, you actually had a wage that you could live on, but you didn't. Well, so. that's an interesting yeah. point. Yeah, if they actually paid me something that was worthwhile, you're right. It might have been more. I might have been We're more talking a lot. Uh, 35, 40 grand a year. That would have been enough to stay in the profession. Yeah, well, the union. Yeah. What the union will do yeah. too is it'll put you in the in the grunt category. You know, if you don't have seniority, you're you're nobody. That's the thing. Like when I was at Meyer, I just turned 18, which meant I had, you know, I could work any time, which meant mm -hmm. I was low man on the union totem pole and had to work 
fucking midnights at Meyer. You're basically treated like you were on salary and they were, you know, in a, they were entitled to ask you to do whatever the fuck they wanted. To. Yeah. I had last pick of shifts. I had, you know, all that stuff. Which is, which is essentially the exact same experience everybody has working at any job. I mean, you have no say in anything. You just keep doing it. The fact that you were part of a union was almost inconsequential because it's not like you stayed in that long enough for that to matter. I mean, how long until paying your dues, like metaphorically, actually starts to matter? Well, it would have. Yeah, it would have been been the dues come out of your paycheck. What? It would have taken a really long time. I'm going to mute myself for a minute here. I got to do an Instagram live with my girlfriend, but you guys keep talking. Are you serious? You serious? Yes. This is the show. Okay. Show where Mike does Instagram live. But yeah, like Luke, to your point, I would have had to be years in at uh at the grocery store to like ha- actually accrue any benefit from the union which i guess is okay but uh i had a buddy who worked at kroger was in the union he started when he was like 13 there Jesus. and and by the time he was a senior in high school you was doing like, a good job man. making sure that child labor is not being exploited in this country. well back in those days you could work you could work <laughs> i know I'd, as a yeah, teenager back, yeah but back in 12 hours a week days. or <laughs> so he was the bottle oh, return right, guy. Yeah. yeah, he was the bottle return guy, and he ended up like, he ended up getting fucking all kinds of. Is he a billionaire now? Yeah, no, but he he did all right. <laughs> he's the bottle teenage... return guy. He uh, now he's working on some Tesla <laughs> thing. I don't. I, I forget. No, Matt. To your point, I, so I worked at I worked at like Farmer Jack a couple times. I worked at Meyer a couple times, and I remember thinking at the this was all in the nineties, like between ninety five and two thousand. And never wanting that job, like never wanting to be like, you know, Meyer company guy. That wasn't my mindset at 18. I'm like, going to college. I'm not going to work at Meyer. But I remember upper management in 2000. I mean, even in two or 1999 at Meyer bagging groceries or running the cash register, I still think I was making like 825 as a 17 year old, which in really? 1999 was like, yeah, dude, I think I was like 810 or 815 or something like that. And I would work 40 hours a week in 1999, making like 815 an hour. And upper management, I'm sure, in the late 90s was making 55, 60. Mm-hmm. To, be, to be like some, the head of a department or to be the grocery lead or to be, uh, you know, shift health manager. the health, yeah. yeah, shift manager. Like you're, you're in charge of, yeah, like sports and outdoors, and you're making like forty-seven five as a. You could be twenty-four in that job. Most people were to the point of seniority. What you had was basically th- three generations of people working at Meyer. You had teenagers, you had a bunch of middle-aged people, and you had people like my grandma worked the service desk at Meyer until she was like eighty-three. Hmm. Yeah. And she, I mean, she was like a capable octogenarian and just wanted to like move. She's like, you know, had the mindset, if I don't move, I'm going to like fucking die. And worked at Meyer, you know, making whatever, 1250 for an 83 year old woman. Yeah. Well, for for her, the value is in like, you know, getting off her duff and doing her stuff. Definitely. (laughs) But it was, it was amazing to see you had, you had like, a range of 70 years of people working at Meyer making anywhere between 
you know, minimum wage, which say what you will about minimum wage, we can all bellyache about it to, yeah. I mean, you can make six figures if you're like some regional manager at Meyer or some shit. Regional, yes, but uh, yeah, store managers, they all, everybody gets equally fucked. There's no question. Yeah. Definitely. Oh no, some people get more fucked than others. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it depends. Yeah, no, the, some people the, get more fucked than others. Yeah. That rolls down to you is yeah. It's either like a corporate turd or yeah, like you're a grunt and just used to getting hit with little turds. <laughs> or actually cleaning up turds and or actually cleaning turds, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. that's what happens when you work as a cashier in Meyer, I can tell you that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Once yeah. in a while, you especially when you're a man. I got I, I got told like because I, I was like one of the what? few male cashiers. Uh yeah, man. When I was working there. You broke the glass ceiling. Good for you. you did but it. I got all the shitty jobs, man. Whenever they like, I mean, this is gonna well, you sound broke glass really ceiling. bad. How could that be a shitty job? I had to do carts the only time all the time because like they wouldn't they wouldn't make women do carts even though i was a cashier that was my title i probably oh, could have yeah. filed a union grievance uh but like i was the only person without an intellectual disability doing carts you know dude because same I, with me i remember pushing so many carts through so much snow all the time oh yeah assumed that i would do it yep i mean i was a beast at it too so same I, here i gave them no incentive to like you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That asshole's gonna do go do carts. He's six. He's fucking seventeen years old, and he's six one. His ass is going out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this guy, this guy's our starting center. Dude, I did play center. I played center on the gold team at Riverview. Go Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, dude. So if, shit. Part of me feels like. I don't know. Would that have been worth it? I'm like 38 making you. I, I, man, maybe this is patting myself on the back, but I feel like if I cared enough, I would know what it takes to like rise through the ranks of a structure like that. Like, I just want to be in charge of produce. Like, how do I do that? Like get an educate, take classes online and get an associates. That was the kind of thing where a degree actually probably meant something where you could go to like, you know, your boss or the, you know, the store manager and say like taking these classes, I'm interested in management. I'll fucking suck as many dicks as it takes. And in 15 years, I'll be living in the burbs in a $415,000 house with two and a half kids and a German shepherd. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? I think uh, a certain level of complicity with uh, or complacency with a, corporate structure gets you pretty far in life yeah and complicity yeah complicity too well that's the other thing it's like can i do i have a you know working for the meyer family sure i mean i I wasn't thinking about that as a teenager but you know i was just ready to go actually i did think about that a little bit i don't know if you remember at uh, the checkout lane they used to have these books that were like sayings of fred meyer oh yeah do you remember that do remember those yeah there was one that right, right next I, to the Tuesdays with Maury. Uh, kind of. It was more like a. It was kind of more of a farmer's almanac type thing. Definitely. Like definitely. Words of wisdom from Fred Meyer. But words one of, of wisdom. Them, one of, it's going to snow more in of March. A, more of a pamphlet. It was more of like a. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of like a. Sure pamphlet kind of like sort a, of deal. You know, this kind of cheapy little pocket thing. But it. I, I would like to find a copy because I feel like this is true, but I can't. I would like to verify it. But there was something in that 
pamphlet where Fred Meyer, one of the aphorisms he said was, I never had bad breath after my father died. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's wisdom. Okay. This is, you know what? This is like, now I'm, now I have a problem with the wise. <laughs> Anybody who's wise, go fuck off. What do you mean? That's, uh, you know, <laughs> if you kill your father, you won't have bad breath. If your father, Here, <laughs> I think this is, a, I'm linking it. Was this, is this the image that you you have burned in your brain, Matt? Oh, that's the one, <laughs> that's dude. The, that's the one. Holy shit. How much on Amazon? $920.99. That is a thousand dollars. Dude. I just love the idea that like uh, the person that posted that, they know it's not worth that at all, but it's worth that to them. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's worth it if someone's it's worth it if someone's stupid enough to pay for it. That's what it is. Yeah, they're not they're just not willing to let that shit go for like less than nine hundred and twenty dollars and ninety nine cents. I'll get us a copy and I'll get us four (laughs) copies on eBay and we can talk about it. (laughs) Actually, if we could get a get our hands on some of those, I wonder if the libraries have them it you was like the uh, you could steal them pay the library five bucks and now you have a thousand dollar book there was another book like that matt it was like a remember the red one that was confucius say oh yeah <laughs> it's mm. like that but it was mm. like fred meyer say <laughs> brush your teeth do you guys have the uh, coleman young the coleman young little red book Hell no. uh i did at one point i don't have it now uh, that's a must read that would that that's that is read. pretty good that's the detroit version of the yeah, the manifesto, the pocket manifesto. One of the quotes in that is, uh, I always thought people who walked around quoting the Bible were full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? It yeah. just ends right there? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a cool whole yeah. other sentence. Coleman, you know, giving you the hard stuff, man. I <laughs> once thought people that uh, were quoting the Bible were full of shit. There's another one that's like, it's like stop. on Ronald Reagan. And then it just <laughs> says, prune face. And then it's like, on learning Ronald Reagan was elected president, President Prune Face. This is, this is like if uh, Nietzsche was on opioids or something and just stopped his sentences halfway through. <laughs> that which does not hurt you. <laughs> you fill in the blank. <laughs> Coleman, Young's, uh, Coleman Young's autobiography is awesome. Heart it's stuff? definitely yeah. It's yeah, a that's a worth a worth good. your time. Yeah, it's a it's a good it's a rollicking read. So, uh, steering this back a little bit, uh, I don't want to totally boomerang the conversation. Uh, I don't. That's we like, like, I don't necessarily feel like we need to go back into like Greenwald, but uh, one of the one of the things that I came across while reading the Greenwald article and and doing a little research is that there's oh with these. January six riots. Uh, there's gonna oh be shit, a, capital riots. There's gonna be a. There's gonna be a. <laughs> was it something you said? There's going to be a 9/11 style commission oh, dash God. dash dash. You know, that's going to be going even. on for 15 months. Nancy Pelosi announced it. They're going to be investigating this for 15. Fuck these months. people! God damn. This it, is what man. I'm saying. Sick the, of so, these fuck. The whole fucking Trump impeachment thing was a waste of our time. It was already done. He was already gone. Let's move on with helping people. I hate these people. Thank you. That's uh, precisely my point. I, I actually. 
guys there's really no reason to go on from there. That's a hundred percent accurate. But yeah, they're going to be putting together a commission uh, that is, you know, nine eleven style commission or whatever that is going to be super thorough. And it's going to absorb many, many tax dollars that could go to, I don't know, other things. Uh, people like Biden are always telling us that uh, we can't spend the money in one spot because we need the money in another spot. So this is potentially a decent example of fucking government waste. These and, people are more interested in history than they are helping yeah, people in I their was, current administrations. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, Mike. It's just an example of of a bunch of dipshits writing history right now because that's what we're all that's like the lingo right now this is history happening as we fucking speak yeah. and it's like dude it was history happening 25 years ago when i took a shit we don't need to <laughs> that is history it is that, that, is, that was yeah. that's a 25 year old shit i took it's just it's it's, it's fucking my degradable though that's the good well thing. yeah I, I i disagree okay. about the trump impeachment though that's mm. the, they they impeached oh. him as is their right by Congress by by the Constitution. No one's questioning rights though. I mean, yeah. I, what, uh, okay. what we're questioning well, is like, what's the point? Uh, it didn't, actually, it didn't actually point. achieve. It didn't achieve. Yeah, what what's they practical? Were attempting That's, to achieve, which practical. was making sure he couldn't run for office again. No, I think there's I think there's more to impeachment than just uh, sealing his fate. Lib uh, superiority. This uh, is no. all high ground. No, I mean there's seven Republicans who voted. for put it to convict him look if if anything is decided by 57 percent to to 43 percent we consider that a decisive indictment it just so happens that the constitution requires a two-thirds it just was unneeded it doesn't it's completely right. i disagree obviously I disagree the indictment completely. against him was fucking inherent in the fact that he's a complete fucking no. piece of shit non-president that was just, he was just a he's Dude, he's a non-issue. Like he need, he's going to go away now and become richer by uh, having a huge media empire. Which I don't is care about. I'm not, I'm not interested. He'll never in be back. Acting punishment on Donald Trump, the person. Okay, I'm okay. interested in setting a precedent with a C of how <laughs> precedent presidents behave. I don't right. want a president ever again that's going to fucking incite a fucking mob. To go do his bidding because he's thrown a little fucking bitch fit. But what about things? What losing. about like McConnell? Hold on. What about McConnell like s stealing a Supreme Court seat? I mean, I'm not interested is, in whataboutism. I'm not interested in whataboutism. That's not whataboutism. Yes, it is. It is about consistency not, here. There was no fucking, uh, there was no backlash at all when he did that. There was, there what, was, should we have impeached McConnell? I, can you? I, I don't know. I don't know the rules. You can, of, the, of course, uh, you, can you can impeach. You can, you can censure. Impeach. You can no, censure. you can impeach. You can impeach any. And he should have been impeached uh, federally. Any any elected official. Think about uh, how federal that was. They so got could be a censured or another judge on the court, even though the judge they were being offered was fucking conservative to begin with. That motherfucker should have been impeached. Okay, that has so nothing Trump. to do I, with I, what Trump did. Uh, hold on. Let me grab a beer. Uh, I on. think we might. We might. Uh, <laughs> ah, God damn it! He's gonna walk away. Let's change the subject. I got a day fifteen. Back. I'm gonna bow out. You guys keep the party. No, this is good. Yeah, let's. let's yeah, no, it. we're we're gonna keep talking. You go. I'm getting, yeah. a, I'm getting a beer. Okay. Hey, good job. Uh, this is yeah. very interesting. Though. I wish I didn't have to go. See you later. Enjoy enjoy your other podcast. I'll see you, Mike. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> it's uh, we have to give you guilt whenever. You what are we married? Well, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it feels like we're married.
Let's censure him. It does not, not impeach him, though. We don't want him. other men. Mike. I've known you for 30 years, so, yeah. It feels like you're married. Oh, is that what marriage is like? You're married. I'm not. So. I don't know. I know you for 30 years, so. That's true. But is that what marriage is like? I don't yes. know. You're still not yes. answering the question, Luke. No, I'm out of here. Yeah, no. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'll edit this properly. Uh, good job. Good show. Uh, you guys are good people and uh yeah, by the way scott and matt i do have my uh, selection it just dawned upon me right before the show started and it's so clear it's so clear uh, i didn't have to search is this for music league yeah i didn't have to like go deep on the you know yep. the 100 best lists or of 2020 or anything just, i just forgot for a second but there was yeah. something that came out last year that i will definitely be admitting i don't think it'll do anything but i'm gonna do it i don't care so you gotta do you don't don't play it in the crowd exactly <laughs> exactly you, i'm gonna stick to my guns so. mm -hmm. all right i'll see you guys all right see you mike yeah, don't don't turn this off, and uh, nobody else leave the. Oh, I almost ended the broadcast. You're nope. right. <laughs> Keep that. I almost pressed the wrong button. You're right. All right, now I'm going to. He almost, he almost, he almost fucking impeached us. Yeah, and and don't leave, don't leave the. Uh, studio. Yeah, because if you get removed, you could never come back. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, just like you're impeachment. Just, you're just you're sitting there. Uh, yeah, not only like impeachment, but it's like just being a poor kid out on the street looking for a little shelter and some food, knocking on the door, and the lights are off. So, so no one's going to let you in. Anyhow, sorry, Matt, I, I just totally interrupted you. The presidency has way too much fucking power in this country. And Trump proved it that somebody with no interest in actually doing the job, the bully pulpit of the presidency is fucking amazing power. Yeah. As is like, as is uh, being able to, you know, manipulate the media machine of Twitter and, and whatever. However, I think it was incumbent upon uh, the House to impeach and the Senate to conduct the trial. Whether or not they convicted, you know, the deal is done. It's done. And I like that there's finality. There was a vote. It's done. We're moving on. And sure. another president that wants to actually be competent and effective in mustering the mob tries to do it. At least we have a precedent for some accountability. Whether or not sure. an accountability is not a conviction, it's just conducting a vote, and people had to stick, stand. They had to stake a claim where they stood. Where did they stand on the issue, and they voted? Mm -hmm. And you know what? It doesn't forgive those seven Republicans for other shit they did to enable Trump, or just the general. <laughs> um, You're right. The general platform of their party. However, it means something that they voted to convict, and I have at least some respect for them. And I and you know maybe sure. it's symbolic, um, but yeah fine no that's fine it is it is symbolic it's never going to mean anything again there there won't be another uh reality television show that a uh, reality reality television star that becomes president that's you don't just, think so don't yeah no. oh, you don't think so i definitely do not think that's so. the lack of imagination that put trump in the fucking white house man do you have any idea uh what my imagination is actually like this is not a lack of imagination i think that this like you're saying this does send a message. I don't think that I don't think that it's just possible at all for anybody to want to deal with the deal with the constant rigor of defending the fact that they even have the office to begin with uh, in a somebody who's from a position like Trump. I, I just don't think anyone wants the hassle, you know, in Trump. What, what he what he did is. Okay, so it's not of his own volition. In my in my opinion, he has no opinions. He has no beliefs. He has no ideology. He has absolutely no coherent or cohesive set of uh, of ideas at all. 
So he was a bull in a China shop. He got elected because of the system that we currently have, which was just now re-entrenched. So we might get another person like him, but instead what we're going to get is a Tom Cotton, is somebody who actually believes the things that Trump was just saying. Trump, Trump doesn't believe anything. He just says stuff. And he, and he lies like a five-year-old, you know, he just, it just, it's just, it's absolutely pathological. So I think what we'll see is we're going to see something much more dangerous, which is somebody who knows how to navigate the system, who actually believes the things that Trump was accused of believing. Uh, Trump doesn't well, believe Trump anything. Trump believes his own bullshit. I don't, no, I think he believes his own bullshit. It is I think he thinks goes. he won the election. He doesn't. He might, but he's also he also does he doesn't know anything. He doesn't believe anything. Ever read believing that? believing that he won the election is just a it's a question about believing something that is material and not material. Like it is a question of like he believes a fact or not. But when it comes to ideology, which is I guess my point, he doesn't believe anything. He believes in money, so he believes. Like he doesn't have any stake in the game when it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he believes he, in anything that would. Money. I think yeah, he believes money. in might. Might make right. He's bankrupted like seven fucking businesses, so he doesn't. You know, he might believe in money, but he fucking doesn't understand how to like make those beliefs like actually produce. He needs more money value. now to take care of the money that he lost. He needs money to cover the old money. That he lost. Yeah, he's in DraftKings territory. I mean, he's the guy going back to the ATM uh, <laughs> oh. at MGM Grand. Really quickly, back to impeachment. January 6th was a month and 11 days ago. Yeah. That was actually a pretty efficient trial. Yeah, in and out. <laughs> so, so I don't really, you know, there was other business actually going on the whole time. I mean, I don't really think it slowed down. Um, oh, except for, uh, except for except for main, mainstream media saying, uh, and I and I use that, I use that. Uh, God, it's weird. I forget. I talk with my hands a lot, and I use like quotes, uh, air quotes. But basically, you know, so many stories saying like, you know, President Biden's term begins now, and I and I'm actually very fucking happy about that. Because now, hopefully, all eyes are on him. I don't think it's going to be the case. I think uh, it's absolutely going to be just imminent hagiography hey, that never ends. But, okay, if it begins now, then what the fuck is he doing? And he had a town hall last night, which, in my opinion, was, I don't know. It, it was... Um, uh, to me, I get dis I get disgusted by all this unity talk, but that's that's just me. I think you just want device are, device talk. You, you just want uh, yeah. you just want raid. No, I, <laughs> no, I think you might be misunderstanding like how I think politically. I, I'm general. curious what 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 tone do you want from president? If you don't want Couldn't, unity, I could not care less about tone. Well, you know, it, it's all to me. It's about material conditions. So, actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot because this is going to be a difficult question. So how do you determine what's going to be success and what's going to be failure on a new administration following a Trump administration? Hmm. So one of the first things that happened when Biden was elected is like, first of all, all of the like super, super left people 
that voted for Biden, they don't hold the opinion, people like me, we don't hold the opinion that he's going to do anything that is, is like, uh, that meets the, that meets the demands that meets the needs of our actual country. But we also understand that clearly we couldn't have Trump again. That's complete. That was, that would have been a fucking nightmare. Another four years would have been bad building on the previous four years. We, we get that. So there's a lot of realism that went into that went into that vote. Uh, all those people that rallied though and voted for Biden are being just spit at constantly by him. And one reason oh, oh, it's the, going to be oh, oh, the, the left. Let, let, let me let, just let me. Yeah, let me finish. Oh, uh, I know. I just want you to. So, I want you to talk. Left, 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 left. Yeah, people, yeah. me, me, people like me, people that are really far to the left. There, there are some people that are so far to the left that you know. Sorry, but you got to live in a society. I mean, there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing yeah. that can be done for you, but, but there is, you know, there is going to have to be some form of some some way of actually measuring success or failure with him. And so, what are we going to do? Just look at him compared to Trump, or look at him compared to Biden and or Obama or even Bush. And I, the reason this really came up for me is. How do we really start thinking about politics now? Because in general, we're going to have to start considering politics again. I mean, people haven't really had to think about that for a while. Four years of Trump has meant that all of your ire, all of your, all of your disdain, all of your interests, your consumerism, everything could have been focused 100% on Trump, hating Trump, whatever it might have been, analyzing Trump. And now it's gone. So that source material is gone. The input is gone. There is, I think there's a lot of anxiety right now, not just with Trump leaving, but I think people don't quite understand that a lot of the anxiety is coming from the fact that you now have to think for yourself a little bit. And we have to now start judging a new president, not based on how he did compared to Trump, but how he does Politically, and in my opinion, politics has to have something to do with meeting the demands of the people and meeting the demands of the time. And so whether he does good or bad, poorly or well, is going to depend on whether or not he meets those demands. I mean, this is like a fundamental political question. Because if you're going to base it on how he does compared to Trump, then there can't be a conversation. There just isn't anything to discuss. So that is my opening salvo. Uh, that was something I was thinking about. I, I, I felt like Matt, you know, you know, Matt Scott, you guys. Well, what makes go, go ahead. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, go on mute for a second. <laughs> well, what makes it successful? And we're all going to have our different opinions of what success means. But yeah, I, I don't think it's too crazy to ask for a fifteen dollar wage floor and to keep, you know, and to. We're not going to get Medicare for all. I just don't believe it. I would love that. I think we need to work toward that. Um, I would just like to see. It's just platitudes at this point. It's just like a stronger middle class and fifteen dollars for human. I just want to see a more. I want to see more is, human this, policy. I want to see. This is the point. Yeah. So for me, it's just like I want to see human beings treated like human beings. I want to see more strength for workers, but I've wanted that like forever, you know, as like 
someone who is into the tenets of Marxism, like, yeah, like I want the workers to be empowered. Charlie LaDuff wants the workers to be empowered. Workers make the fucking world go around. It's not a big mystery. So I want to see an administration that actually thinks that way. Sure, I want to see unity, but unity, sure, it's just a word. I mean, I want unity. I think, Luke, what you're saying is just you don't need to hear it. And to Matt's point, I, I want unity. I think we all want unity versus no, light. no, no. You, yeah, that, that, I do want divisiveness like, actually because I want fucking. I want f- like political. You want, you want people, antagonism that actually forces change. You want there is no way you to force change in this country without fighting the fucking political order, the status quo. Well, I think it is a good thing that we don't have to blow out eighty percent of our gas tank on Trump bullshit. That's good. I think. Mm-hmm. The people that, you know, the actual movers and shakers that can do these things, and we know these politicians' names, have to roll up their fucking sleeves, lick Biden in the ear on the earlobe and whisper sweet nothings and say, <laughs> we need, you know, this is this is what we want. Maybe we can't get this, but we this is the messaging. I want to see and messaging smashaging, but it's, it's got to start somewhere. And I don't know, Matt, no, like sure. Matt can speak more about what he likes. I like that, you know, the environment isn't going to save us in the short term, but I like that he's doing things for the fucking environment. I like that mother earth is like back on the table for discussion. Not yeah. going far enough though. He's already, uh, what, <laughs> 20 years. He's already 20 years behind the actual timeline that scientists say, what did he say? What was the first thing he said? Believe scientists. He's still behind that fucking eight ball so far, and it doesn't have to be like that. But any president who was elected would be behind that eight ball. That's exactly what I'm getting at. That's what that's what I'm getting at. Is you said he was the right man for the times. What I'm trying to understand is like how could you even like have that? How could you even determine what right is, what good or bad is, if we're not looking at it compared to Trump? Obviously, him as opposed to Trump is a isn't it's a massive improvement i will say that i'm going to grant him that there are things that biden has done so far that are not bad at all he has done some good stuff but he is nibbling around the edges and what he's trying to do is give like scott was saying a couple weeks ago he is throwing a few breadcrumbs out there and hoping you're full like okay here's another breadcrumb are you full yet Here's another breadcrumb. Well, are you going to stop eating? Are you going to stop asking for food? And unfortunately, what he does, my cynicism comes in, and I just, I, my knees buckle at the altar of the pace of politics, and I realize I'm a fucking ant when it comes to makes everybody feel how politics (laughs) work. I mean, I think Bernie Sanders was more quote the right president for the time. I mean, that's what I believe. Like, absolutely. I would have voted for Bernie a hundred times out of a hundred over Joe Biden, but Biden, I think Biden, I don't think Bernie would have beat Trump to be honest. I mean, that's just, that's just theorizing, but I, I I don't think he, I don't, well, Trump was historically historically fucking unpopular uh, and with a pandemic, Biden barely beat him. So Matt, I feel well, I, uh, I, I'm feeling this wellspring of all Trump comments. had to do to win an election was have a fucking pandemic response. Just a tiny bit of response One. to the pandemic. That's all he had to do. And he blew it. And he, he shut that shit down in the first two months and it never spread. Hell yeah. 
he could have gotten people to wear masks. He could have gotten he could have done so much to to keep this thing from going crazy. He could but, have said he could have gotten up there. Sorry to cut you off and said, make America great, make America great, make America great. If he said this is how we're making America great, we're going to be safe and we're going to it literally like not to deify Andrew Cuomo, especially this week. But yeah. <laughs> uh, he could have literally just taken Cuomo's words and been like, bah, 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 bah. and people. Yeah, I think he would have got reelected. Uh, he he, he could have. I mean, most most. I mean, look what happened with Bush. A national tragedy almost certainly guarantees re-election. Mm -hmm. People don't want change in the midst of a disaster. Yep. So the fact that he lost is like remarkable. I mean, he's a remarkably bad president. But it but does like not said, say it does not say anything positive about Biden's numbers in there. Like a historic historic turnout. We all know that. Uh, but there's also okay, whatever. I'm not we're not going to relitigate that shit. Historic yeah. turnout in, the, in from the electorate in in Biden barely fucking won. It was not a blowout that it, it wasn't the blowout that it fucking should have been. Well, I think we're discounted too. Why, and I wonder why, because it's a return to the shit that brought us Trump. People didn't want to go there. Their foot was fucking out the door. They were barely, they were dragging their fucking feet to vote for this guy. Now what he's doing is he is means testing fucking everything under the sun. In his town hall last night, he said, literally, this is the time to go big. And then what does he say to the fucking woman asking about uh, student student loan uh, debt forgiveness? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Go big, but not here. Go big here, not here. And every single thing that these people do is an overly complicated set of uh, means testing programs that don't actually get benefits to people directly, which is the one thing that has like has mitigated poverty in this country over the over this pandemic. Direct checks are the one thing that kept people from being homeless. Well, and unemployment insurance and uh, and okay, uh, but foreclosure. Unemployment but unemployment insurance is one thing that they point to as being like that is an indicator of like who needs it. Who The people that need it are getting the money. Unemployment insurance is the one thing they can look to. There's but a lot the of people who don't get unemployment insurance who need money. I guarantee absolutely I'll, I'll right. that. Yeah. Um, but I think I think a lot of people are better off. I mean, it's such a weird recession or whatever that we're in. Because there's a lot of people who actually did better through that through it than they were doing before it. No, I don't think so. No, I, I, I attend I definitely if they made, if they made a little more money, better. they didn't do better necessarily. You had, Scott, made more money, it doesn't mean they did better. Sorry, Scott. No, no, no. I, I quote unquote did better for ten weeks, three months, or whatever. But it was basically I was. It's I tenuous. Did, I did fifty dollars better a week than what I mm -hmm. was. But it's, what it's I was tenuous. Paying. It's also it's not only tenuous, but it's completely temporary. Like you don't know when it's. It's not guaranteed. There is none of this that's like guaranteed. It has to go through this process. Uh, the bill needs to be renewed. They need to constantly renew it. And Biden does nothing but capitulate to these fucking Republicans. And so do you, th do you trust Republicans with your future, with the, the actual like... Uh, you're, you're giving him a lot more uh, of the blame than he deserves. Though, I'm giving because... him more credit, I think. I'm giving him way too much credit. It, it's not even a full month he's been in office. I mean, he hasn't had the opportunity to well, do love anything. To hear, 
all all he needs to do right now, Matt, I'm sorry, but all he needs to do right now is have better language. It doesn't he doesn't need to have done. I thought you were a materialist. I of course I am. I thought you weren't cared about you weren't concerned with tone. <laughs> uh no, no, not concerned with tone at all. But but I'm I am talking literally about his his the actual words he is using, the actual language right now is not to go far enough in my opinion. So this is where the success and failure discussion, uh, this is what it's all about to me is like, how on earth are people going to, after this like Trump derangement uh, four years where everybody's mind is completely fucking discombobulated. How are people going to start measuring the, the, what is adequate, what is good or what is beneficial or what is sufficient from this president. Here's He's getting a pass right now on everything. And the fact that he is only basically reiterating Obama's fucking talking points and basically putting in place the same exact type of administration is giving him a fucking pass on everything. I don't see a lot of criticism of Joe Biden outside I just of don't, the left. I think that's I, factually I don't see it. about the Obama. Uh, I can. Um, all right. It, it's it's three times the Obama stimulus we're talking about in this in this. OK, bill. yeah, but it's still not far enough. And also, yeah, it is. It's, not it's, better, it's <laughs> better than Obama. Yeah, it's better than Obama stimulus. And like I said, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that about uh, that. Oh, oh, Biden. I'm not going to say oh, Biden did a bad job. <laughs> you sound like Joe Biden. If he does. <laughs> I do sound like this is. Yeah, I'm going to have Biden derangement syndrome where I'm going to start just. Uh, Hey man, uh, he, yes. So there are, there are good things. I'm not saying, I'm not saying the stimulus bill is something he shouldn't pass, but this is the point of the success argument, success and failure is, is this going to be good enough? And so what's going to happen is it's going to divide us and it's going to, you're going to be someone who says, okay, that is good enough. It's better than Obama. It's so it's great. Me, or maybe you don't say it's great, but for me, I'd say this isn't even close to far enough based on, you know, whatever my opinions might be. But but there is a line where I am going to determine what Biden does as being totally insufficient. You're determining it as sufficient. Because sufficient. I'm saying we're 30 days into a, into a hundred into the first hundred days. The first hundred days is the traditional measuring stick of, of what a presidency is doing. So let's that's see what, fine, happens but what he's done. What days. he's done thus far, what he's done thus far is said uh, no to everything that is considered radically left, which is not radical at all, but totally common sense and all other like, you know, major fucking developed countries have better versions of, you so know, that's where I, that's where my frustration comes from is like, he's not even willing to talk about it. He's literally just saying, no, I'm not doing that. You know where we could go. That's not I mean, good. This is, this is, here's something I think that he could do, or, you know, we should talk about when you've got people like Ted Cruz and like AOC agreeing on something, I think that's actually a point where people need to like pay attention. If you've got like two, if you've got part, like it's not bipartisan, bipartisan it's, support it's, it's transpartisanship. It's like an issue that doesn't matter. It's like just universal. It's not do something they have, that the thing they have different bathrooms. In, yeah. in, <laughs> in, so we can look yeah, at these, these provision, like the provisions in the, in this bill where, 
rich people are getting billions of dollars and being able to double dip on that. You know, it's not good enough that uh, these loans for tens of thousands of businesses, a lot of which kick up to the richest percent, you know, in the country, those loans are forgiven. But now these high powered accountants want, they go a step further and they want to tax deduct the money that they were given for free, which essentially, so you take $200 billion loan money that these businesses don't have to pay back. And then of that 200 billion, you tax deduct, that's like $120 billion or something (laughs) goes to the (laughs) richest 1% of people. That's the shit that everyone's calling out and saying like, okay, these people don't need to be able to double dip on your PPP provision. Like, that's the kind of shit. What could we do with that $120 billion that isn't ending up in the pockets of the richest 1%? That's where my ass gets chapped. Then we can start talking a little <laughs> more. We can talk a little more realistically then about student loan forgiveness or kicking a worker an extra $2 right. or whatever. The but I, I, I we put a lot on Biden, and I understand, Luke, you want him to lead with words. You want him to lead the party. But – I just don't Congress, want him. Right? I just don't want him to. I don't want him right now to at this point talk back to like punch left. That right. that's kind of what I'm getting at. Sorry, man. Like, Go ahead. But I was just gonna say Congress needs to fucking write the bill. You know. Yeah. And they're sure. doing that. I mean, like Bernie's Bernie's leading. He's there. Yeah. As uh, what is he? Uh, is he? Uh, what's his chairman? Chairman of the uh, chairman of the fuck, appropriations. It? No. Ha, budget and reconciliation. I, yeah, I but, because there's a mirror tandem. I'm confused now. <laughs> yeah, let's we're gonna look this up. I, I hear everybody typing. <laughs> yeah, but he he uh, you know, you gotta you gotta work through your your Congress people, and I sure. think I think a point that you brought up about uh, now is the time for politics real politics and i agree and, and scotty your point about these sort of transpartisan issues i, I like the word I, I heard this distinction i don't know who made it transpartisanship bipartisanship implies a compromise it, it, it means like basically like the larry david thing two people being unhappy about something and coming sure. to a to a middle that Compromises is like, a lose-lose yeah but a transpartisan issue is like we both agree and it's not ideological yeah. so yeah. let's do it you know yeah Cruz and ocasio is- are like look at this but these are these are those those are absolutely like losing positions in in my opinion. So as as Matt, we talked about this in one of the early episodes. We were talking about the Overton window, and one of the reasons that came up is I was uh, kind of ranting and raving about the uh, the rise of the neoconservative movement in the late seventies. Uh, you know, people like William F. Buckley Jr. and all that. Uh, your Carl Rove's, your Roger Ailes, you know the whole media empire for Fox News, and like how that has that had created so much anxiety through the Reagan years for Democrats who felt like they were losing the the kind of moral majority, and they everybody shifted to the right so fucking far, and so now when we're talking about compromise we are now compromising on positions that were are way more to the right than they should have ever been to begin with and that is i think what i am what i get so frustrated about with 
you know, the Biden administration or just with the neoliberal administration in general or the neoliberal like order is that that is acceptable territory. That is okay. That's, that is ground in which we can compromise on and that we should be compromising on. And I do not think that's why I'm saying like, I don't think that compromise is the fucking point because to compromise with these fucking psychos who actually like drove the country almost off the fucking cliff is insane. It needs to be an ab and the problem with Biden in general, like the original, not in general, but like the original problem with Biden is that he is the least uh, exciting fucking political candidate that has ever run. He is the least interesting. He is the least motivating. He is not going to bring uh, millions of people to, uh, you know, millions of people in agreement to push forward some form of like progressive agenda. It is never going to happen. What he is going to do is get a, get an agenda that is acceptable to, you know, the health insurance companies that he's been taking money from for like 30 years and to the people because the people are, we are now too fucking stupid. We don't, we, people don't read anymore. We just, you know, we're consumers of media, snackable fucking content, headlines, and it's an easy fucking case to make. You know, you can just say, we're going to settle down, go back to brunch, everybody shut the fuck up, put your head back in the sand, and we're going to get you this. But what we're doing is we're negotiating to the right of where we were 30, 40 years ago. And I feel like the reason I'm angry is I feel like we should be way more to the left than we than we currently are. And people who are okay with Biden feel like we're okay with where the Overton window has shifted to the right. So I just don't think that negotiating with these fucking Republicans and getting them on board and having bipartisan fucking agreement is at all what is good for the country. I don't think that Republicans are going to give an inch and they don't have to because the margins are so slim. And that is one of the problems with Biden is he didn't, he fucking lost how many seats in the house? 11. So now it's even, it's like a fucking 50, 50 dividing line. It should. Oh, he also, he also won seats in the Senate that he shouldn't have won. What? Two, two seats, three. Was it three? It was two. Uh, net. No net. I mean, I don't know what the net, what was in the, the Senate? Change? In the Senate? Yeah. Net change was three. Technically. Zero. One. Three? It was three? Whatever. Who cares? It wasn't that much. It's a big three. It was and, a big he lost, and he lost a lot in the House. And and that that is indicative. If you want to talk about electoral politics, uh, I guess I, I can't really do that. But no, I don't want to do that. You know, in general, in general, uh, somebody like Bernie, I don't think would have seen the same uh, the same loss of seats across the board. I, I'm so but, tired uh, of that argument. I'm so tired of that argument because Bernie's well, never won like, a fucking presidential election. Well, it's, <laughs> well, neither did Joe Biden. He had fucking four that he didn't uh, he fucking he was in last fucking place second second to last place in the primaries before fucking uh, before Obama put his uh, hand on the uh, the scale and fucking made it happen. I mean, you can, this, you, can this, say, you can say that Biden is great. That's fine. I don't give a fuck. I'm not saying he's great. Does, I just think I think good you're, that's good. 
If I Find is good, you're, you're good I'm happy. You're dis- I don't think so, though. I don't think you are. I think I think uh, I don't think Biden is going to do anything good. That's what well, I'm saying. If he I does, think, it'll prove me wrong. I'll be happy to admit that I, there's such this fatalism on the left that, you mm. know, you're fucked no matter don't what. Don't you dare. Don't no, no, don't don't put the words. <laughs> oh, in that's all. That's all. I, I, I said the left. I didn't say you. No, no, no. You work at a book uh, cooperative where you are the arch conservative. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't think I'm. I'm in the same. There's there's all kinds of fatalism across the left. There's uh, the system is irrevocably tainted with white supremacy. It can never be fixed. That's not my opinion. I'm I'm, t- I'm I'm characterizing different positions on the left. Right? But, not but you are you are characterizing me as somebody who is a fatalist, a leftist fatalist, and I I, I think I take I, issue with that. I I hear. Never more out of your mouth in these arguments. Sure, sure. she'll never do sure. this. We'll never do this. It will okay, be this right. way. Okay, and okay. that to me there's, is by definition. Yeah, there's there is a there is a faulty. Okay, because we're conversational. Yeah, I will say things like that. Which let's just say for the record right now, if I say never or always, just don't. That's <laughs> not never or always. What am I supposed to say? Every single time I want to say something like that, I have to then modify it with some other set of uh, variables that actually means that it's not going to be always like, okay, so mostly I think, how about this? Mostly I think uh, Joe Biden is going to basically uh, adhere to adhere to neoliberal principles, which basically capitalism and is going to just going to do the bidding of anybody that has provided funding for him over the years. And he has been in the bag for uh, credit card companies. And because uh, Delaware is a a state for uh, it's a haven for uh, credit card companies and health insurance companies, headquarters of a lot of businesses where they don't have any taxes. So he has been in the bag for them for a very, very long time. And he has not indicated at any point that he is even willing to willing to uh, you know entertain an idea of Medicare for all during a national pandemic, the one time in which this would be something you could push forward. So, what would be the downside, given that every single study that has actually been uh, been done in the last like year and a half over Medicare for all has proven that it would save money? Why would he? Why would he not do that? Also, that it's uh, popular. Eighty uh, percent in the Democratic Party, sixty-five percent in the Republican Party, uh, and he still won't do it. So this again goes back to success or failure. What is Biden going to do? Is he going to actually do Medicare for all? The answer is absolutely not. So I will take I will take accountability and responsibility for saying. Never on that one. I'll be a fatalist about that. I don't think there's no, I don't think there's any way in hell he does that. I'm going to give him four years. <laughs> I'm going to give him a hundred days. Jesus Christ. Like, oh yeah. Give like, him a hundred days. Fine. But if, if he does it I, again, I will not to do Medicare for probably. all, but to do things. I mean, he won't do Medicare. Exactly. He won't do Medicare for all. Exactly. February 17th. It is exactly four weeks ago that he was inaugurated presidency. 28 days into a hundred days, not even 30 days into his hundred days. It's, I, I just, the tone that I hear from so many people and not just you, but, but people who want to say we're in a rut and this is where we are. 
let's let things work. I know that uh, we want instantaneous results. And it, yeah, uh, maybe a pandemic is a good time to push for structural change in the healthcare uh, sector, which is what one fifth of the United States of economy. But I, you know, I listened to Abdul Syed on the radio the other day saying a, a, a staunch opponent for Medicare for all, who's got a book out, Medicare for all is the fucking title of the book, uh, saying it can't happen <laughs> realistically in the time frame because um, because you can't upset things at this moment. Um, doesn't mean you don't push for that policy in the long term. But you're That's not going to have mean. Medicare for all in, in, in March. <laughs> What's that? Matt, 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 Matt. Like, okay. So the, yeah. So I argue, I argue from the point of view of, like, yeah, I I guess I'm a materialist, but I, I feel like that's that is a super tricky label to have. But uh, I argue definitely for you know the improvement of material conditions. I'm not saying that if Biden doesn't do this right now and it's not ratified across all 50 states, uh, enacted at a federal level, enforced and possible <laughs> possible to begin with, I'm not saying that that is this is like make or break, but the conversation isn't even there. The conversation is not there at all. And he's indicating, he has been indicating ever since he's been elected that he is not going to do any of this stuff. So he's do, what he is doing is he's again, nibbling around the edges. So what, uh, rein, like reinstated DACA protections, um, you know, they're going for to, some people that's, that's not nibbling around the edges, by the way, that's, <laughs> that's okay. Jesus you know. Christ, dude, come on. Uh, I, for me, immigration policy is, is like, for me, immigration policy is important, but it's the, the least, uh, important issue that we have, uh, when it comes to like the fucking goddamn litany of other things that need to be taken care of. Oh, okay. Maybe carceral system reform. I mean that these are all things that like, maybe they're all equally valuable and maybe they're all equally important. But when it comes to just more or less a utilitarian like point of view, which is, I don't know, maybe how a president with a crisis on his hands could actually approach the, the problem. Uh, I, I don't put those interests over, uh, you know, basic, I don't know, basic necessities for the hundred or 275 million people that live in this country. Well, I think, I think, I, I, think, that, I think obviously the, the immigration issues could probably be solved with, with a few simple uh, pen strokes, which is what he's done, which is like, okay, liberals shut the fuck up. The other thing though, if, if, by a purely utilitarian point of view, the most important thing Joe Biden can do right now is make sure that everybody gets a fucking shot and gets vaccinated and restores the economy to some semblance of normalcy. Yeah. But no one has any money to spend on it because they've all been, um, you know, what 75 million people have been unemployed for a year. So how about, uh, checks no, no. a uh, shot, in I, the, shot in the arm, meta metaphysically, metaphorically, I'm talking, I, well, and I'm talking actually about, I'm talking about a vaccination. I think that's the most important task at hand. And then the other thing is making sure people don't go under. It's keeping them going, keeping them going. You know, he's not. I mean, he's already the two thousand dollar check thing is so annoying because, yeah. So two thousand dollar check is the of course is not, many people many people uh, assumed okay two thousand dollars means you're making me whole if you give me fourteen hundred and I already got the sixteen hundred. But 
the two thousand dollar check thing was so so prominent. You know, I mean, the the idea that like, okay, let's just that's already that's not a thing. Okay, I was willing to accept that. Okay, fourteen dollars fourteen hundred dollars checks, that's fine. But then it's all means tested too. And what's funny is in 2018, randomly, randomly, the one time in my entire fucking career I ever got a I ever got a bonus slightly put me over like the cutoff by like a few hundred dollars. And so that means I I won't get a check because I'm like slightly over that that limit based on one bonus I got three years ago. Has nothing to do with what I made last year. Why didn't you file 2019 taxes? It's it was based on 2018 or 20 one of the two. It was based on 2019, I think. 2019 was when, so maybe it's two years ago. Yeah, I might be getting my years off. But either way, what I'm getting at is is that it's already being bargained down because he's got this goddamn fetish for uh, Republicans. He I guess he he loves a Republican reach around. I'm not gonna say that it's a bad thing. Public and reach around, probably pretty good. Those guys are repressed. But he is, he's already, he's everything, every single, every single fucking progressive idea that he's had is already being walked back. And, and again, okay, so I'd say every, shouldn't do that because now I'm also being a fatalist again. But it does not seem likely that. He's going to be the most progressive president since FDR. Not, you know, it, and mainly because there is not the the same infrastructure of, you know, labor party interests and and uh, you know just class interests that were around during FDR. You know, the, those those institutions have all been, uh, you know, gutted. So there's nobody to push him. There really isn't anyone to push him except the political class, and I think that is. A big part of the problem. Sorry, man. I have been fucking rambling like crazy. Go ahead. Dude. I don't know. I, I just tire of this because, like, I don't think two thousand dollar checks is an interesting issue. I mean, I think it's great that Americans get money, but I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I needed a two thousand dollar check. Be nice to get one. Don't it need it. Clawed back in taxes, and then that that's no, it's not clawed back in taxes. I, I it can't. It can be though. It, it can oh, easily if I, if, be well, I'm, uh, but that's based only on your, based on your income. The thing yeah, is, but my income is distributed until they well, let me these. My, let me finish. Back. It can be clawed back, but did I need it in the first place? And I'll, I'll forthrightly answer: No, I don't need it. I'm making the same amount of money I was before a pandemic. I'm one of those fortunate people in this so-called K shape recovery or whatever you know i didn't miss a beat i was not my my job was not impacted in fact i'm saving more money i'm spending less money uh, i've had time to actually reassess my personal finances interest rates are at zero i called about refinancing my mortgage uh can get it a point and a quarter lower lowered my insurance payment so my life's pretty fucking good right now i don't need a fucking two thousand dollar check and I think there's a lot of people like me who don't need a $2,000 check. So I don't sure. have a problem necessarily with means testing. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with progressive taxation. I think people who make more money should pay more money in taxes. I also feel yeah. like we shouldn't give them more money. There are universal things that I would like to see. Like I'd like to see a universal public option in healthcare that is available to anybody regardless of their income. I don't want that means tested. 
But right, but, but that's government. the thing that 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 specific plan would endanger the private insurance industry, which is why it's not being pushed by Biden. And that was something he said he promised would be part of his you know overhaul of the Medicare industry. But his biggest promise on top of that was maintaining the ACA. Well, so okay, he doesn't well, have an interest fine. really. Okay, fine. I, I, the health insurance thing is a separate. It's <laughs> a separate right. issue, right? I mean, okay, if you wanted to make COVID relief about changing the American healthcare system. That's great. Try that. I don't think that's a realistic tactic for this time. I think what you needed to do is get the people who are suffering money. You need to get the businesses that are suffering money, credit, whatever it is they need to the stay. Appropriate, the appropriate businesses. The appropriate businesses. Absolutely. And, and I think that's true of individuals getting checks too. So uh, back to mm-hmm. means testing. I know plenty of people who don't need money because they don't show income because of our tax system being fucked up or getting right. a check. Yeah. Like I know, I, I know very true. well. Our so. tax system is completely mangled. Yeah. There's no question. And, and there, guess what? There are some things that actually were done under Trump um, that negatively impact me. I'll say this, uh, the tax reform bill, whatever that was, the, it, it was largely a tax break for the rich. There was mm-hmm. something that was done that was very interesting. That was actually a progressive thing. And that was eliminating the mortgage interest deduction. Mm-hmm. So you and I have a mortgage, right? It's got your renter, right? So no mortgage. Mm-hmm. We were able to deduct every single dollar we paid in interest pri- prior to the, to the, um, uh, there was probably an upper there was an upper limit, but it was nothing you and I and the homes we live in would would reach. We were able to duck that interest Definitely from our taxable not. income as a like right when he came in, like 2017. Yes. Then they passed. They passed the tax reform, well, which is kind of a misnomer because it, it, it largely was tax breaks for rich people. But there was some reform elements. OK, good. And one of which is, is eliminating this deduction, which long has been seen by many progressive economists as a way to privilege the wealthy, the people who own homes, mm-hmm. to re-entrench their generational wealth mm-hmm. and give them an advantage at the expense of people who rent homes, mm-hmm. who are generally lower income people who don't get to enjoy that tax benefit. So I'm all about... I, Sure, you could have a universal program where people can deduct their mortgage interest, and and that was very popular for a lot of people because homeowners are voters. They tend to be more voters than renters. But it's not good progressive policy. And I think that's true of some universal programs. So means testing progressive policy. A good progressive policy would be be probably... um, That's a good question. Um, that is a good question. Maybe you, <laughs> I guess, to well, your point, Luke, and this is kind of argued by uh, Brunig on. Uh, yeah, yeah. On, yeah. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's not. It's not. Uh, it's it, this is not like just some passing interest I have with some wackadoodle uh, economist. He's a legit statistician and one of the most thorough, uh, you know, analysts when it comes to. Uh, just the, the talking about just economics in general, GDP. Uh, he is well, he's incredible. He's incredibly thorough. I you know, 
So go go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I his point, interrupt you. I just want to point, make sure I, that people don't think I'm like a fucking wacko. His point, which I agree with, is that Democrats have structured policy or neoliberals, whatever you want to call them, have structured policy where everything's like a tax, a tax <laughs> refund, right? It's always a refund or yeah. a. Uh, it's always done through tax policy and through the IRS, as opposed to cash in people's hands yeah and, and or as opposed to using using different institutions in the government like he says the uh social security office to send checks because the irs is not deal with sending monthly checks so no, baking I, baking plans in for the irs to do that uh, by the way also a, a institution in the u.s government that does that has been uh de it's been defunded year after year after year after year after year the irs is like it's so bare it's so like threadbare that what the hell could they even do sorry so, so I, here, I, here's I here's the thing that. here's the thing biden could do that would be i think popular with both of us fucking give some funding appropriate find push congress to appropriate more funding for the irs to investigate rich people abusing the tax system and recoup money because when they do do investigations, they're highly effective in, in uh, getting money. I think we lost Scott, by the way. You did. Oh, are you there, Scott? I'm here. He's, Can you hear me? He's, oh, he's yeah. there. I yeah, no, frozen. I have a frozen uh, image of you. That's like, oh, I've got frozen images of you guys too, every once in a while. So I'm not, yeah, right. I'm not sure what that was going on. Yeah. Um, is it one where I look really good? I don't even have you. I don't even see your face on mine right now, Luke. Yeah, your your camera's off right now. Oh yeah, yeah, it's off. It'll, it'll be on in a second. Anyway, I I find to a degree this this is just a little tiresome talking about these national politics all the time. It's like we're talking more about a person and what we don't like about them. Or, or a party and what we don't like about them. I think we should be talking more about ideas and what we do want. So I'm going to propose that. Like, next time we talk about national politics, let's talk about a fucking idea. And I think you did raise that, Luke, in the text about the Romney child health plan. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's, the th here's the thing. You know, where do you think, where do you think, like, problems with people come from? I mean, some sometimes you're dealing with... Um, you know, hey, listen, I'll be honest. Like, there's a lot of people on the left that are nauseating fucking twerps. I, I don't, you know, I'm not into that. Like, I, <sighs> shit. I mean, I fucking, I, I identify more with, um, you know, my brother-in-law who is a, an electrician and is on the right more than I do with a lot of uh, people that want to, like, I don't know, celebrate fucking Kamala Harris being elevated to a vice presidential position, a subordinate position in the uh, White House. Okay, cool. Um, I think identity politics is one big reason why this is all very problematic because it creates these weird cults of personality. And I think uh, your objection to the idea that, you know, we are kind of railing against a specific individual based on a specific individual's history or you know, all the data we've got about them is, is fine. Like I, I am on your side on that, you know, to a degree, but the things that somebody like Joe Biden has done, these aren't like, these aren't just, 
things that are personal, like the way I look at it is that he is part of a kind of structural, you know, kind of uh, a structural system that is designed uh, for specific ends. And he is a player in that. He's not somebody that, in my opinion, is an individual in any way that is going to do something that I think is genuinely progressive uh, and genuinely to the left, which really should mean uh, genuinely providing material material gains for people who have never fucking had them. He's never going to do that because he is a creature of the system. This is not about Joe fucking Biden. I could not give a flying fuck about Joe Biden. He is not important to me, but he is the fucking placeholder candidate that is going to be uh, administrating four years worth of, uh, you know, just American nonsense. Uh, you know, I mean, we could we could go into that forever, but this is not about fucking Joe Biden and Bernie. It's not about fucking Bernie either. Bernie was never a guy that was like, this is all about me. It was like, this is the beginning of a movement. And he's completely aware that he would probably die in office. And I never had the feeling that like Bernie is God, but Bernie did represent something that was some form of momentum and some form of ideal that was worth fighting for. What Biden represents is something that is, uh, decaying and and you know tepid and absolutely uh, Im, Im, immutable, I guess. In a way, Biden feels immutable. It is not about Biden as a person. And like I said, when we elected Biden, we were electing George Bush. Uh, th- so this is just another Bush administration. Um, I don't I don't expect it to get much better. Again, if he does he does better, I'm going to recognize it. I will. I promise you, I will recognize it. And I won't be one of these fucking people that like just says he's always bad. Cause I don't think he's always fucking bad. I think there are some good things. Can something that's immutable decay. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I knew, I knew you were going to catch that. Damn it. Uh, I had a a feeling. I I hear what you're saying though. I had a feeling. Uh, But I it's just not about Biden. I'm, I just I'm, want you to know. Well, it's not about and, Biden. It's and, me, and for me, a, that's actually on. true, too. Uh, you know, what's the song? This Flaming Lips song, Waiting on Superman. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not waiting on Superman. <laughs> it's a good song. It's a fucking awesome song. It's a great, great <laughs> album. Um, for sure. But I, I just don't... I. I it's the time for politics. It's the time for ideas. It's the time you use the word movement. The only way to move national politics is from the grassroots. This if is you true. look at, if you look at all the things that have changed, you know, the tease, the word of the day, material conditions that have changed gay marriage. Um, I mean, a lot of, how about marijuana? And this isn't national yet, but I think we're on the way there. It's all happened at local levels, pushing things forward. And I think that's, I still believe that that's the way to go. Can I make a really quick comment? Not to totally like interrupt your train of thought, but with with things like that, it should have never had to be local 
ground up. So why is it that Biden is the right man for the times, but that's not just automatic? Well, uh, I, I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't have had to been local. You, it's funny for people who are so skeptical of government, like you and Luke or you and Mike, when you're talking about like, if you're the government, you want a top down solution for the government. No, no, <laughs> I mean, no, 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 absolutely not. Uh, that, that is, that's a mischaracterization of, of my position in general about the quote unquote government. Like, so people talk about the government. So there's a, uh, there's one way of looking at it. Like the government is this, uh, Entity that that imposes upon us, you know, takes our takes our revenue for X, Y, and Z, and it's it's either right wing or left wing. Matt, Matt, don't leave. What the hell? He can hear you. I was, I was listening. I had away. the speakers on. You literally walked away. I was, I was two feet away. Go ahead. Okay, okay. So there there's that part of it, but there's also just the the idea of like a, a centrally planned uh, economy, which is a different thing. So. I, I think the government as like a single payer should be handling most of these things uh, just in general. This is has nothing to do with me being anti, not anti-Biden, but me being like fucking critical of literally every fucking thing that comes down the pipeline. And then saying that I, I'm, it's not contradictory in the way that you're, you're framing it is what I'm getting at. I, I believe in, in a, a more centralized planned economy. I believe that that is a, a quicker and easier way to actually distribute benefits to people in general. And I believe that all these like these crazy fucking machinations of, of politics, uh, especially when it comes to the system of benefits that Democrats are constantly fetishizing is absolutely... Uh, absolutely like demeaning uh you know disenfranchising and they are you know they they're roadblocks for anybody who actually needs the benefit that is being discussed to begin with i mean like they like matt bruning talks about that a lot and he's actually he makes a really compelling argument i if you have an argument against it fine but he makes a really compelling argument about just cutting down the fucking roadblocks and just making sure that government works in a way that is more streamlined. And if there is a, is there is a, Oh God forbid somebody who uh, is, you know, went to Harvard and makes, you know, $300,000 a year would get a $2,000 check. God, God forbid that, but that is like 1% of our fucking economy. 99% of the economy, like, needs money now just fucking pump it into yeah but 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 give, give somebody taxes claw give somebody taxes. else four thousand bucks and give him nothing okay you want to go there that money. sounds good yeah you know like that's that's that the sounds problem fine too that sounds probably. fine too but that's never come up nobody's talking about that that's not even a thing well that's, that's I, uh, well progressive are you, are you more radical than the rest of us <laughs> yeah man i think i think rich people don't pay their share I, I think robust taxation, yes, man. Taxation. You. I believe in fucking taxation. Tax the rich. Yeah, 30, what was it, 39% or something when, uh, or no, it was 70, 72% or something when FDR was president. It was like over 70%. But but back to just you know, Carnegie was too. still a billionaire. Just just democracy, I want, I think, I think we put too much in the in the unitary executive 
and we don't do enough. Like, I think the way to pressure, like, let's win some fucking Green Party seats at a local level. Like, I always get pissed at people who voted for Jill Stein for president. And I'm like, oh. well, you're going to vote for Jill Stein for president, but there's, like, no Green Party mayor in the United States. Let's get a Green Party mayor. Yeah. You know? And I was actually intrigued yeah. by some of the um, presidential candidates. I mean, the, the Democratic field was interesting. Uh, I, I, this is again my my case for ranked choice voting. I think absolutely one hundred percent ranked choice voting needs to be adopted across the board. Because you know, okay, so you don't like Biden, and or or, or you don't maybe you don't mind Biden, but he's number three, right? He's yeah. number three on your list, but you're not going to have to make that practical choice. You could say I like Jay Inslee because I'm I'm a climate change voter and I want that number one. But I recognize not everybody's going to like Jay Inslee, but I won't feel like I'm throwing my vote away by voting for Jay Inslee. So I'm going to vote him number one. I'm going to vote Elizabeth Warren number two, and I'm going to vote Bernie number three. And uh, and you should just jump off a cliff after that. If you if that's your order of people, uh, you're fuck you're a fucking moron, and you deserve to be shot in the head. This uh, this is the anti-democratic leftist <laughs> sentiment that I get so annoyed with. Uh, I did that for your benefit, by the but, way. Uh, that was just for your entertainment, and you didn't catch the joke. That's that. But so that's, this is that's what exactly, I get from people. This is what I get from people in the middle who don't understand comedy. <laughs> but so, but the point being is that most people are not ideological. I think yeah, because most people don't understand their own thoughts and feelings most people just don't get what they think think about well, that most people can't even articulate what they think <laughs> they just they can't it's not their fault it's just there's not much of a grammar for it we don't learn or, how to discuss or, it or they think about thing they, they're thinking about different things than you and i are thinking about you know or she's like here we are like i'm arguing with you about like what i mean and like so clearly i'm not being articulate <laughs> yeah. enough it's true well, we both miscarried. Scott, what were you going to say? No, it's, it's easier to lean into emotion. We've become – that's one of many things that Trump just bastardized is our already just predisposition and innate – the innate characteristic of human beings to be emotional creatures. We forgot like to go circle back to the I hope it's about politics now and policy and conversation because we had way too many emotions mm. on both sides on every on every side of the 100 sided die. We had way too many emotions politically, and it's going to be refreshing to get the fuck past that. But we need to have conversations like we're having, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, I think. Uh, we do get in. We get into some. We do get into some like uh, I don't want to just call it dicey territory, but there there are points of disagreement. I, I just don't think that we like we even even people like us that actually have a decent imprimatur for you know the the language you know the vernacular. Uh, even Matt and I are like still end up in arguments when it's like I, I don't really think that we disagree actually that much. It's just that there is there are so many others that are kind of usurping or or using the language of the left, uh, but not doing it very well. And then I realize like yeah okay there are there are definitely times that I don't use it very well because what I'm doing is jumping from 
you know, right before the first premise and jumping right to the conclusion. And we're not, I'm not actually covering the ground from the, you know, step one to, to the, the conclusion itself. So it drives me nuts when people do that all the time. And it's going to make things complicated, which is exactly why, again, I brought up like, how do we measure success and failure with like a Biden presidency? It's going to be difficult because it's definitely going to be better than Trump. So, but not, but it can't, it's, it's how much your success, it has, maybe it boils has down, to be failures. Maybe it boils down to how much, to, to put it very simply, how much you want or expect or hope to see the Overton window shift because that's really what you know that's really what we're talking about right like precisely why bernie was my my guy is that he would have but i think the overton window i think he would have whether or not these things would have been reality he would have moved the conversation to the point people where, get scared man they they yeah. fucking pucker up like bernie's <laughs> bernie's ideas make more people in america buttholes pucker when he speaks not me yeah, he I might he it. might he might shift the window right <laughs> yeah yeah i, 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 I mean i the, the, i've got the, a point about that too the capital may have been burned if bernie won the election i mean they may have been like <laughs> i'm actually gonna i'm actually gonna fucking die because this guy actually is a socialist <laughs> i don't think they would i don't think anybody on the right would have understood the difference between the difference in degree of socialism i I mean they they use the same language against biden as they would have against bernie i mean maybe it would have been a little bit more intense but i don't think that intensity in in their language would have brought more people out to the to the capital for instance i i don't think that that's also that that's fucking ridiculous it's not something that should have been considered uh, a year and a half ago when, you know, we were dealing with the primaries. So whether or not Bernie, Bernie would have won or what would have happened if Bernie was, you know, about to be the new president is totally irrelevant. It's all speculation. Back, back to the measuring stick of success. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Ronald I feel Reagan, like it's an important question. Ronald Reagan asked that question and fucking won. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, are you better now or yet then? Yeah, and and that's what most people. That's the measuring stick for most people. It's not about oh this. Here we are in this new policy environment with a more humane policy. It's more like, am I just a little bit better off than I was four years ago? And I'll be honest with you, I'm better off now than I was at the start of the Trump presidency. But the doesn't mean I'm going to vote for Trump. But I think that was the calculus a lot of people made. Sure. The pandemic actually helped a lot of people. Does this mean that the pandemic has kind of like incidentally provided you with more income than you're normally used to? I mean, like, I, I don't know how to talk about this because, you know, obviously you're, you are a, uh, yeah, you're, you're a well, well-regarded man with a decent uh, job. So this is not, I'm not trying to say anything weird about it, but do you, how about this? Has the pandemic changed anything for you? Has the pandemic made the, yeah, has it improved your 
financial outcome? I fucking know. It's changed the way I prioritize how I spend my money. Yeah, that's true. And it's done that for me too. And in that way, it's made me. It doesn't make me better off than. It it makes me, it makes me have. No, it has nothing to do with Trump, but, uh, but for most people, good economy, like let's set the pandemic aside, you know, for the, that was only mm-hmm. one fifth of Trump's presidency, one sixth, maybe mm-hmm. the pandemic period. The rest was like pretty like unchecked growth. I mean, a lot of people did were doing better. Like it took a long time to climb out of the 2008 recession, especially here in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Like I was get, I was, I called the guy, I called the guy about my insurance quote for my house. Cause I was like, I'm getting fucking screwed on my house insurance based on the conversation we had, by the way, I was like, you know what? I got to shop my rates. So I, I told the guy, I was like, he's like, how much did you buy the house for? And I told him how much I bought the house for. And he's like, did you buy it from a relative? And I'm like, Shit. God damn, you know, that's, that's, that's a good cut. Co- that's a, like a great response. That's it made me feel hear. good about my, my financial. Hell yeah. You're like, uh, yeah, I'm the, I'm a fucking badass. No, I didn't, <laughs> but it was a lucky time. Right. And, but at the same time, that luck was born of a depressed fucking market in this region mm-hmm. that yeah. lasted 15 fucking years. I mean, it was yeah, not bad luck. around here. It's not luck. You got in literally basically in the winter that you could have got. I know. So you, I think I told you this, Matt. I know about other than you, three or four other people that bought in EEV circa when 17, 16, 17, 18, 15, 17. Uh, 15 was me. 15, yeah, right. but yeah. Between 15 and 17 that bought and basically can probably would probably be appraised at. 200 to 275% above selling price. Like two, I, like I, double. I, my, my house is at least worth double what I paid for. Sure. I could sell it for double easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And for prospective home buyers like me, I feel so fucking defeated by that shit. Like you could have purchased a house in LaSalle gardens for 75 K in 2013 that's now worth like a half a million dollars and i'm like when does it when does it end like when when can i get a house for a hundred and you know thirty nine thousand dollars that i can pretend is my forever home or like a home that i want to be in for the next you you could get that house in morningside right now dude morningside's the the (laughs) i think so okay but but you're right. It's it's totally crazy. Uh, very fortunate timing wise. Um, I always look back at like 2010, and I was like, "Fuck! If I only had five grand, if I had five thousand cash, you had five nickels in 2009." And holy and shit, you'd be a you'd be a just a, a tycoon right now. You'd have 20 properties. <laughs> But I had no cash. I had no, uh, had no credit. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, the, the idea, the idea that uh, there was a missed opportunity in a in a depressed market is the, uh, utterly depressing. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, there, dude, it's buy listen, low, sell I know, high. I, I know, I know. But this, see, but this is this is why I'm not a capitalist. <laughs> these are these are the exact reasons that I'm I'm. Just, I got it. I this is the thing I got to ask. This whole anti-capitalism 
This is like the language of today. Everybody's acting uh, like, oh, uh, capitalism okay. is the bane Not of my careful. existence. And and I'm sorry, but like, it's not like we're, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't see us living in some particular hellscape here. Okay. Did, did, okay. This, I this get this argument wild. with my bookstore people. I'm like, yeah, we're yeah. fucking selling books. What this is a capitalist. <laughs> what you need to do is you need to uh, funnel everything that they say through me first. And then I'll tell you if that's actually <laughs> fucking uh, reasonable uh, in a, from a political standpoint. I mean, it's like we have a paypal account okay you know like yeah no shit everybody <laughs> everybody needs to survive on and we're all on a fucking iphone inputs. and we all we all yeah. uh a yeah, lot of people it is it is easy to bellyache about the system but what do you propose we barter or we get along like we get no, we no, get no, by no. Our, our wit no we, we wouldn't be you wouldn't be raising the system altogether um but the this cat would be I, without I think, a home without capitalism. It'd be on the cold. <laughs> um, but no, I think the cat would probably be with a better home without capitalism. Probably actually, they're going to they're going to come to our the doorstep. They're going to inherit the earth, Mother Nature. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, either way, the 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 cat would have never needed uh, a home because somebody that lived in Detroit that gave her to the uh, an, like animal society, whatever it's called, uh, could have taken care of her. But she couldn't, so she donated her. Um, uh, it's just Dickensian. That's what I'm saying. So th- <laughs> that that is actually that's actually a perfect uh, prism to uh, kind of analyze capitalism. Is uh, okay. Let's not go into Dickens. Um, let's <laughs> let's avoid Dickens for now. Um, we'll do that as our book club. You, later. you know, uh, uh, do some yeah, bleak house yeah. or something. Actually. Yeah, that would be fucking cool. Um, but but here's the thing. So, okay, be, being anti. All right, we got to man. All right, I realize I realize how how much you've been primed by other people around you to understand my ideas, and that's not that's not adequate. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know if these with, are your ideas, I but I hear a lot of these, ideas. Uh, I hear a lot of ideas, fucking ideas. I, I hear don't a lot of like those. basic, like capitalism is terrible, and it capitalism it needs is, to go. Ca- capitalism is is uh, fundamentally based on the extraction of value from labor. So uh, inherent in capitalism is exploitation. Now we can all agree that if we can just kind of disassociate these words from their negative connotations, just understand them as uh, functionally part of the way machines work, then uh, we can kind of move on from that. Like I'm not saying exploitation, uh, it doesn't have the same negative connotation that like you would normally, uh, you know what I mean? I'm not just trying to like drum up Anxiety, angst, uh, craziness based on these terms. Exploitation is a fundamental part of uh, capitalism. That's how it it functions. Now, there are just ways in which it does not work across the board. You cannot apply it to every part of an economy and uh, reap the benefits. Uh, So, something like something like any type of infrastructure or trash, trash, uh, public goods, public goods. So 
you know, what real capitalists want, you know, libertarians, capitalists, what they really want is they want, um, you know, government out of my pockets. So, so then I, I know exactly you where you're at. You know, like I, the, the unbridled free market unchecked that, that like let a market solve every problem is a clear fallacy. It's the dumbest idea in the world. Yeah. However, markets are good generally in my opinion no. like i like i like going to the farmer's market and paying the farmer the price that the farmer sets for their beans because i like yeah. hampshire farms i like the hippie farm and their hippie beans that are fucking delicious and i like paying 350 for a pound of black beans here's why you're, first of all here's why you're wrong no beans are delicious moving on <laughs> <laughs> But I, I hate you are, gonna... but you are. We we all we all have to feel bad about it, but you know, like upwardly <laughs> mobile white guys, and that's like, like I buy the beans that I Did want. You say upwardly mobile or vaguely, that's maybe downward. Mobile. I think we're all downwardly not mobile. Actually, we're downwardly we, mobile. We probably all make less than our parents did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at our yeah, age, yeah, on, on adjusted balance. for inflation, on balance. Actually, no, not me. I guess I'm the first generation to. Not do that, but I'm upwardly mobile on unemployment, but but it's not upwardly mobile. Uh, we're we're afforded the opportunity to buy the beans from the farmer. So here's here's the other here's where the, the the social program comes in. I want the state to give the person who can't afford the three fifty the the cash, or I think food. I think food benefits. SNAP benefits are one of the best federal programs ever. And I know they're means tested or whatever, but like that person at, in Michigan at the farmer's market can go to the farmer's market office and get their double up food bucks. They get twice the money to buy from the farmer from the state than they would at Meyer. So like to me, that's, it's a hybrid, right? It's like you, you, you want, you want, people supported to participate in the market you want the farmer to earn from their from the fruits of their labor you want the person who can afford it to pay a fair price and you want the person who can't afford it to be subsidized to participate that but to I me would, is an ideal system if i were given that money as a person who couldn't afford it i would continue buying the gmo beans and then spend the other like the extra dollar 50 on something else like a utility if you had if you had pure cash yeah instead of like double up food bucks which are specific to food which is yeah it's an interesting philosophical question do you, mm -hmm. you want to specify the money for food i don't know yeah. i've never been on food uh, assistance but i have i've lived with people who've been on it and it's kind of a nice benefit i'm not gonna lie i've partaken in steak that was purchased with <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i got it like for two months a while ago and it was just yeah, it's like a hundred and eighty dollars a month, basically. For, I mean, you can buy you can buy two hundred cans of beans, or you can buy four fillets or something. You know. Yeah. So I guess, I guess but but it's capitalism. Like I four, guess four fillets. I mean, what's what's <laughs> what I what slices, I don't understand is what are, uh, yeah. what are the what's the alternative that is being proposed by the people who are yeah. 
so anti-capitalism. I mean, do I want to be, uh, do I want to be on the five-year plan and get my boot ration and my bread ration? That's the extreme right. side. Jesus but, but I don't. Oh my God. Red scare shit. Come on, Matt. Red that's, baiting. That's, this is I, not, I, I'm just telling you. Red baiting from you. I, I'm just telling you, I don't have, I, when people say they're anti-capitalist, I don't think they mean throwing away the farmer's market where the farmer brings their thing hey, to market and sells it at the price just, they want. Just Hey, just remember this. Anyone who says they're like anti-capitalist in that way, 99% of them are fucking dum-dums that don't know anything. So well, don't, I think 99% of them aren't actually making an argument for anything. They're just... That's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're emotional people. people. They're, they're just grumpy. Yeah. They're emotional people. No, no, no. They, they they have they have a sense of they have a sense of social justice they have a sense of uh, what's right and what's wrong in the world they don't know how to articulate it very well they don't have um, a decent grammar for like articulating it overall in general they don't have a, a sense of what the, the overall like economic position should be so uh, don't be so hard on them man don't don't uh, don't just they're like, hard on me discount. dude they're, well, they're, they're hard on, it they're down hard life, on Matt, bro, Matt, all Matt, the time hard. yeah because you are actually a, a, an authoritative person who has a position of authority in a sense that you are you're you're well um, you're articulate you know you're you're like well versed on the argument. So if somebody that doesn't have the argument to back up what they think or what they feel is coming at you, they're going to automatically just, uh, you're just automatically going to be the bad guy. They're going to come at you hard and it's going to be emotional and it's, and it's not going to be articulate in general because you're just basically beating them uh, on the ground game. You know, before they even start, it's like uh, you, you jump on the field and you're trying to pitch to the Yankees. So it's it's difficult. You have to be you have to be forgiving, even though that I know that you are, and I know that uh, you just kind of like being bombarded by this shit all the time, because of the circles you run with, you 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 just uh, and I and I understand your frustration. I would be there too. I would probably become an arch conservative if I worked at the same bookstore. I'm not an arch conservative, <laughs> totally by the way. I know you're not, but you. <laughs> But you are the arch conservative at the book of my book because you're the only person that would probably push back, dude. I mean, I have to make I have to make important thing. I have to make book lists like you know I I I grit and bear it so often like you know we're we're selling Ibram X Kendi's anti racist baby and I have to pretend like I fucking care about this thing. I when I think it's just the dumbest shit ever, but you know I'm I I just bite my tongue, and and I. So anyway, I, I got an identity politics uh, comment real quick. I, I, I know that we're all basically kind of, we, we all have to like go to bed and, and be done with this. <laughs> but um, what was I just uh, talking? So first of all, identity politics, in my opinion, are anti-class politics. So I think identity politics are basically anti-politics in general. So if we're talking about identity and representation, we're not talking about politics. Um Wait, did you see that? Did yeah, you, I did. Yeah, it was a leap. What the fuck? I had no idea the cat was back there. Uh, here's the other thing that I wanted to throw out there. Um, oh, shite. Yeah, I put down shite. We were talking about uh, language earlier. That was one of the things that I think is so funny that, you know, our kind of liberal superiority kind of conversation 
often is about uh, denigrating people that are, you know, don't have educations and treating them like they're treating them like they're garbage. Um, that is how swear words started. You know, the, uh, you know, Lowlanders in, Scot in Scotland uh, under a colonial regime, a English colonial regime where every, their language, their, their kind of provincial language was determined to be uh, uh, cuss words or whatever. Um, what is what I'm looking for? Um, uh, prohibited, prohibited speech. So that was another thing. Uh, I had, this is actually, this would be a funny segment at the end of the, at the end of the show. Everybody rifle through their notes for the things that we never got to. Oh, we still have another black history month. <laughs> we, did. Oh. Sure. Uh, we only got one. We got one more week for that. Maybe two, but I think we got one more week for that. Anyhow, uh, identity, well, identity politics is is uh, one of those. Is I had this long conversation with somebody today that you know uh, discussing that I'm I'm going to do a call out to my man to my man Joe because he he may listen to this uh, he may not but uh, give him a call out because if he makes it this deep I mean he's a if saint. he if he gets if he gets to this point if he gets to this point he's a fucking real soldier. But we were talking, we were talking about this earlier and, you know, the cancel culture, all that stuff is innately tied to identity politics, multiculturalism, which was definitely on the rise uh, in the, in the eighties was a huge, huge movement um, in social sciences and was something that I, I think really replaced politics for a lot of people. The way people thought about politics for a long time uh, was completely displaced by focusing on things like representation and identity politics. Um, I, I think maybe, maybe that would be a, uh, an interesting mm -hmm. conversation for the next episode. And I think, you know, you guys probably have tons of opinions on that too. Well, it's interesting because uh, there's something that got me thinking. I'm 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 doing some uh, I, I'm supporting Elric's campaign for city council in my district, and uh, some interesting oh, identity po some interesting identity politics are emerging in that. Uh, he's getting a lot of criticism from a certain class of commentator about you know being a white guy running for this seat and not living far enough into Detroit. You know, like living too close uh, to yeah. the Grosse Point border, yeah. <laughs> which I've is just heard, identity yeah. politics is not politics. It's it's a it's an it's not only an apolitical position; it's an anti-political position. This is why I take, uh, but uh, but this is why I take uh, this to uh, take umbrage with me being like an anti-capitalist. I'm not an anti-capitalist so much as like I'm I'm a capitalist, <laughs> a. C capitalist. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm like capitalist and different. I think like an asexual, I, but I, an a capitalist. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah that's it. You nailed it. <laughs> You're an asexual capitalist. Where, yeah, yeah, bullseye. <laughs> You're a trans capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nailed it. But <laughs> identity politics, whatever the fuck he's gone through, uh, dude, let me know, man. Like, hit me up because uh, identity politics is not politics; it's anti-politics. It, it basically it, it forces a subversion of of all material interests because basically 
the only important interest at that point is making sure that there is some form of representation across the board. And that, that's not, that, that isn't really political, um, multi, multiculturalist politics as, as it's defined is not quite political, but again, uh, you know, there, there's no, there's no like hard and fast rule on what, what is politics. I mean, like there's, I had multiple semesters on this. Uh, All right, here's there, my there's stoner. no definitive uh, sense of what is political and what isn't. Here's my parting stoner thought. Yeah, let's that do was it. Just 2001. And they're at the, the obelisk shows up and the monkeys are around the watering hole. <laughs> and there's two groups. And they're the same. They're both monkeys. They're both the same, yes. but they're not. They're members of different groups, and they fucking kill each other. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say they're members of the killing, uh, the killers, and, and the killies. <laughs> and uh, I think that has something to do with identity politics. I'm not exactly sure what. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it, it that actually says it all because uh, it it just does nothing but lay to waste uh, any decent any decent conversation or any decent political conversation that might actually, uh, you know, erupt from these types of conflicts. Uh, it just doesn't go there. What it does is end up in something like cancel culture and all that because it's easy. And uh, what I was telling my buddy earlier is, I think that you know, those types of discussions end up becoming, they're so easy for people to grasp that that is the most kind of popular position to take. And so nobody actually gets any deeper at all in discussing, you know, politics at a material level, because it's just too hard to get people to like care about anything other than like, so let's say a politician uses the N word. Where do you go from there? Where do you go from there? You know, what, let's say this person is the best politician you could imagine, but he uses the N-word. His career is fucking over. Over. Anthony Weiner. Well, he you fucked know? up a few times. Oh, he did. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> he actually got a second chance. Huge problem example. <laughs> I don't know why this just popped into my head. Maybe it's the it's the Catholic in me. But the... Uh... Was the, it a death? Uh, the Our Father. <laughs> <laughs> a good one. <laughs> but uh, the, the Our Father, the line is, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, like that's not a bad credo, actually. It's not. It's just not. It's not uh, there's no nothing in politics that actually like resembles that. So it's, but, I suppose but it's it, fine. It's 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 about material needs. That's why it's religion? It's about material needs, though. Our daily bread. Yes. And not holding grievances. Yeah. And that's basically um, it. But see, where politics intersects in that is politics says um, politics says that you don't have to actually supply the daily bread. Uh, it, it gets in the way. It gets in the way and then it overcomplicates things and makes arguments for shit that is unimportant to you. If you're a poor person that can't join fucking political meetings every week, you just need your daily bread. 
that's it. That's all you need. Except uh, people like, uh, you know, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to use his name. But in our political system, you're going to get a bunch of means-tested bullshit that says that you're never going to get, you know, your daily bread unless you prove that you're worthy, which is how most of these means-tested programs work. Uh, a lot of people get left out because uh, they are not worthy of the assistance, which is something that uh, I feel like is going to be a constant refrain in this political discussion over the next four years. I really well, do not. Yeah. We're not solving this tonight. I know that no, we've, we've covered the, I also, here. I also don't want to say like, okay, you know, this is the end of the conversation. I, you know, I understand that I kind of like colonize a lot of the conversation tonight, but uh, you are just a white man who colonizes things. Okay. <laughs> it's in my genes. You can't, help. I'm, I'm Dutch. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, yes, but you know what's no funny is the colonizers tend to even they tend in properties. I a lot of the colonizers them. ended up setting up nice socialist governments, uh, social right. democratic governments. There needs to be there, there needs obviously obviously like there there needs to be a fucking mix. Um, well, I mean, mostly because uh, you know we have such a varied set of interests in this country. So it's just uh, yeah, it, it's something. It's a conversation I would like to further more and more and more. Um, but I, I really, really take took issue with being compared to literally anybody else uh, on the left because I've heard plenty of those arguments and I am not on this. I am not caught from the same fucking cloth. I'm I'm in agreement with my my leftist friends, but um, I do not ever want a terrible fucking leftist argument hung around my fucking neck. So I will happily, um, I will happily provide more details next time. If we want to go into uh, whatever, whatever we want to talk about, I'm happy to go into more of those details. And like, I've got, I got tons of shit. Biden had a fucking town hall that we didn't talk about. I didn't see it. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I couldn't bear to watch it. I, I know I watched clips of it. I, I just couldn't watch the whole thing. Uh, Tandon got approved, um, or at least I think she did. Uh, Trump, Trump blowing up McConnell, which was hilarious. Uh, we'll have to do that next week because that'll be really funny. Um, there are a lot of funny words. Romney better than Biden. We really didn't get into that. Uh, we can skip that for next time. Uh, yeah. I'm, inter I'm interested in Mitt Romney. Yeah, I think it could be honestly uh, – Weirdly interesting. Mitt Romney has it's kind of got a big long shadow over this country, doesn't he? He did he did architect the I hate the word architect as a verb, but uh the the is his, yeah. He's he, Detroit's greatest statesman, maybe. And and uh, Detroit's greatest statesman. I mean, has anyone been higher uh, from Detroit? Than, than Mitt Romney, the standard bearer of a political party. I we have so, so many. We have so many people that were in jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got one big one. Not anymore. Right, <laughs> yeah, he's free. Free as a bird, dude. If anybody listens to all of this, I'll be super impressed. But yeah, <laughs> I gotta. 
I gotta go. I, I won't listen to all of this. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. I, I, I barely mean, had enough time gonna, to do it. What I'm gonna do is listen to it and then just like uh, just fucking hate myself the whole time. That's that's what I'm gonna do. That's what I do every time we we record and the episode drops. I listen to it. I hate listen to myself, and I'm like ah. I oh. need to be dropped off. I need to be dropped off a cliff. Uh, let these. Oh, yeah, you go. have a. You actually have a good voice. Shut mm. the fuck up. I, I hate mine. I love no, yours. Good, actually, good register. Yours. Uh, yeah. You and Scott are the. Actually, actually, I love. Mike's got a good voice. voice. His voice is great. He was in broadcasting. He was in broadcast. That that was what he did. He was a broadcasting uh, like major for years. Until it wasn't fiscally viable. <laughs> oh okay that's actually a really that's a good story as a matter of fact we should have him tell the whole story about um him going to well he went to Spex Howard so his that whole story about him going to Spex Howard is um actually really really interesting and entertaining and also the job off between Scott and, and uh Govier that's that's going to be fucking epic because the only reason I'm doing this to you, I'm baiting you into this because you have no idea how many jobs a person can have until you talk to Mike Govier. It is, it is astronomically out of your realm of, uh, reason to have to nickname you have, him uh, jabby nooner. You have, yeah. <laughs> he is he, fucking, yes. He is he's had, he's had 54 jobs. <laughs> 50? You said 50? Well, two wow. digits. He's at 102 digits. We're going to talk to him. Mike is the only person that can recall every every little every little thing he's done every single year um by year and month. He uh he has a he has an insane IQ. Um, I, like, how do you think he's doing like eight podcasts at once? Like, he, I, I, I definitely want to uh, push him to like give us his his job history at some point. It will be the most entertaining thing you've ever heard in your fucking life. <laughs> we're gonna put him. We're we're gonna put him on the spot next. It's week. gonna be so fucking funny. We should uh, we should inform him sooner rather than later that he's gonna have to put this together. For oh, he'll just uh, <laughs> no, he'll just riff on it. Uh, I'll let him know. I'll let him know. But by the when I like when he and I were living together in Ypsilanti in uh, like 2003, he had already had like over 75 jobs, <laughs> <laughs> and he could like he could like rattle them off to you like one after the other. Anyhow, um, I, I hope I'm not like over exaggerating this too much. I think I think he is. I think he's had over 100, but it's possible it's 50. So it's possible I've doubled it in my head over the years because of the fact that I love, you know, movies and great stories and legends. But we will we will get him to talk about it, and that's it. All, All right. right, yeah, I got to piss like a racehorse. So yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. Likewise, I uh, love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Good night, guys. See you.